Welcome to the Shape of a Star podcast, where everyone has a story. We just need to shape it so that we're the star or something like that. So today on the podcast, we're bringing on someone who's one of the more active, studious people that I know. Yes, this is another person from high school, but <laughs> literally less than an hour ago, she had defended her dissertation for her degree. She'll tell you all about it. So everyone give a huge congrats to defending one of the scariest things in education to Letizia. Hello. Hey, and congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate it. Are you allowed to say what the topic was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, my, my, my big interest with research in general is uh, trauma. And so my topic, my title is actually um, evaluating um, uh, trauma-sensitive approach trainings, a rapid review. So I literally just like did a review of research that actually look at including teachers in doing a professional development or training on uh, the trauma-sensitive approach. That is so ironic because two hours ago for me, I was running PD sessions on social skills and the curriculum we're implementing at my school today. Really? Yeah, so we were kind of doing it. Because what time was your thing starting? What time was my um, thesis defense? My thesis defense was at 2.30. Yeah, I started at 1 and went until 3.30. That's funny. Yeah. That's funny. I started at 2.30 and we went till 4. Oh, look at that, people. We overlapped our lives and didn't even look know. Look at us presenting, showing up. Taking over the world. Yes. So let's go back to the way beginning of when we met each other. So <laughs> we met in high school. We met on guard. Everyone has here heard me talk about guard. I've had other people. Oh, yeah. Rachel Taylor came on. Like, I think the episode before you. Oh, my God. I, ha- I haven't seen or talked to Rachel Taylor in years, but I have nothing but love and respect for her. She's yeah. a wonderful human being. Oh, <laughs> but yeah. So <laughs> sorry. Don't distract me. It's about you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah. So we met on guard. And the first question is, how would you describe being on guard, especially together, because we both, well, not we didn't end together, but we started together because you graduated a year ahead of me. Yeah. Yeah, guard was really interesting. So (laughs) when I tried out for color guard, I did not know what color guard was. I had a friend, um, actually I think it was Miranda, Miranda Stein. Yeah. who was trying out and asked me to go, just go watch and support her. So I went to, and they're like, well, why don't you try out? I'm like, I don't even know what this is. I've never even heard of this. Mind you, I mean, we can talk about this later, but English is not my first language. I immigrated to the United States. So there's just a lot of things that I just don't know about, but especially the words color guard. I'm like, huh, (laughs) what is this thing? Um, So I tried out and, and I really liked it. Like, I was like, oh my gosh, if there's something that feels really powerful, like, of course, when starting out, you know, my arms got sore, but like, there's something really powerful about like having this stick of doom that you can throw in the air and give yourself a concussion and being in control of that pull and making something beautiful out of it. And so I just really enjoyed it. And 
Um, I think I'm someone who kind of has like a natural knack for choreography, but I don't have strong like hand and hand-eye coordination. So I was actually really surprised that I did well with color guard because I've tried many sports. I did soccer for five years. Great, because apparently I can use my feet. Basketball, no. Tennis, ping pong. <laughs> like I tried all these sports. Volleyball, can't use my hands. Um, but but color guard, yeah. It was really, it was really um, like a, something that surprised me and I wasn't expecting and I just fell in love with it. That's exactly what happened to me, though. Like, they heard me talk about it, like, earlier in an episode. But you I don't know if you knew this, but I came to show... I came to watch Rachel and... Uh, not Rachel. Casey and Jennifer try out. Mm, yeah, actually, I do remember that. Yeah. And people were like, why don't you do it? And I was like, well, I'm bored, so why not? <laughs> <laughs> and then I was, like, better than some people. So I was like, oh, well. Ego-driven behavior. Um <laughs> But no, I'm so happy you ended up doing it and you just randomly showed up too. Um, how yeah. well do you think you can spin now? Um, I can't spin as well now for a couple of reasons. One, it's just been years. I have not done any color guards since I graduated. Um, I do like randomly just start spinning things, um, but they don't have that weight that the pole does. Um, and then the other thing is I injured my wrists. Um, and so my wrists will just like, will get inflamed and start hurting randomly. So, and my wrist strength is really weak. So I don't think I would do really well. Don't try rifle um, because that's ah. all wrist strength. And also like for, what is that? Bicep, bicep forearm strength. Yeah. But yeah. Do you remember any of the routines though? Yeah, I think so. I think I remember the, um, like moonlight um moon dance moon dance and um maybe like the who like who are you who 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 yeah i think i remember that one <laughs> yeah oh i'm so happy you do though oh, wait am i like allowed to sing i just remember copyright ah i didn't say anything <laughs> oh well we're not sponsored anyone and it was less than 30 seconds so i think we're fine Perfect. I don't know. I think because if you sing it, it's considered a cover. So I think we're fine. I just, yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just like a singer and I just cover music. It's like my job. <laughs> so <laughs> No, because I asked this to Rachel too. Rachel's like, I don't remember any of the routines. I was like, really? I could do the whole first show. That's funny. It's, it's a lot of muscle memory for me. And yeah. especially with the music. Oh, yes, with the music. On. Yes, and, and I think because a lot of people when they're learning and the way we're taught too is counts. I can do like I need the counts to learn it, but when I'm doing it, the rest of it is I know where I need to be based on the music. I you know it's it's less about <laughs> I'm no longer counting, especially because when you're doing it live, the count might change, right? Because you have to follow the music. Yeah. And I and I just yeah, so I, I strong correlation between the music I heard and my muscle memory. Yeah, and I don't know. It's just interesting. I because I hear moon dance in a lot of random places. Oh, and I don't know if you knew this, but Ray, who was the captain at the time for us, yeah. Ray went to JMU. Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You. They did moon dance again. That's funny. But and I was like, Ray, I don't know how you don't screw this up. Every <laughs> for <time."> real. <laughs> for real. You I, gotta like erase your mind and then just start from scratch. It was the same arrangement and everything. And I was like, Ray, I'm going insane just listening and watching oh, like your video. That's really trippy. Although luckily she had the full six foot. She didn't have a swing fly like we did. So I was like, okay, gotcha. maybe that helped. But 
I still would screw it up. (laughs) Uh, So before guard, like you mentioned earlier, you were a person whose family is recently new to America, which is a fancy way of saying, hey, immigrants, shout out. (laughs) Heck yeah, immigrants, we get the job done. true uh since we love highlighting immigration stories here feel free to now use this platform to share your story oh my gosh yes let's talk about it how beautiful it is so i was born in france my family is from benin in west africa Uh, i moved here when i was seven years old um and it's been like 20 almost 22 years that i've been in the united states um and yeah, it was it was interesting. I, I don't know how many how much details I we have time for me to go into. But oh, they, we can go as long as you want. Okay, <laughs> the rest just the rest of this hours. conversation will be only about this. <laughs> um, no, but um, yeah, it was so one thing that really sticks out to me as an immigrant, which I think is something that a lot of people who are immigrants feel is feeling like you're constantly between cultures and you're constantly um, kind of between two worlds. Um, you are, as someone who is multicultural, all of my backgrounds and all of my experiences heavily influence and impact who I am today, the way that I think about things, the way that I operate. Um, and yeah, I think that's um, very true for as a child in school, trying to find friends and fit in and realizing you don't really fit in anywhere. Um, I'm also black. And so there's an added layer of um, meeting like racial expectations or not meeting racial expectations. Um, And that just kind of played just a big part in just my development overall. Yeah. How old were you when you hopped over? Seven. Yeah. It's always that age. It's between seven, six, and 10. Like That's funny. Well, I have, I'm one of five. So all of my siblings were other ages. (laughs) True. Uh, a lot of people I meet, though, like, my dad, when he immigrated here, he was nine. Actually, he was eight turning nine, like, in a week. Oh, wow. Uh, I was seven months old, so I was, like, the odd one out, but. Little baby. But you have the seven, though. I do. You're right. It, it's a digit. <laughs> That's funny. Well, my parents, both of my parents actually were born in Benin and then moved to France later in life, but both of them were older. So my mom was like a teenager and my dad was like a young adult. And then later when they were both in France, eventually they met in France. Had five children <laughs> and yeah. Were all of you born over there? Yep, all of us were wow. born in France. That's exciting. Yeah. International family. We're international, yeah, for sure. Well, it's actually funny, my dad, um, while I was little, was working in Canada. So actually, when we were about to move, we are about to move to Canada, and then his work got, brought him to the US, United States, and that's how we ended up here. Oh. Um, and and so we've been in the United States all this time, but we all kind of think kind of internationally. Like my one of my brothers is doing grad school in Denmark. Um, I'm looking you know, at, at um, where I can do work internationally. My sister lives in Spain. Like we're just all kind of, and then with my family itself, we have like at least one family member on each continent. Like we're just kind of everywhere. No, that's super cool. I just think it's super cool. Yeah. I know, my family is very similar too, because like I said, my dad's family immigrated from Asia and 
it used to be a game because my mom is has 36 first cousins and she just knows all the cousins up until like her fifth and sixth cousins so we used to play this game when i was little because you know how everyone always imagines running away so i was always like well i don't think there's anywhere we could like run away to because we know someone (laughs) everywhere and we have still yet to find a place that we can run away to without having either a friend nearby or a family member that could be like in the streets what about antarctica i feel like that's always like the odd one out it is an odd one out but we did know someone that like went there they didn't live there because there are people that live there year-round but I don't know. There's such a small place that's habitable that I don't know. It's easy yes. to get caught if you do run there. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I don't know. Just, oh, I love hearing the immigration stories. So many people face the struggle of, quote, remembering where they're from versus assimilating to America. Would mm-hmm. you say that you have experienced or witnessed those struggles? Because I definitely have, but I know everyone's so different. Yeah, um, yeah, for sure. So my uh, growing up when we're in France, my family, my mom especially, um, did a really good job of showing her pride of where she was from. Um, we ate a lot of food, you know, and she spoke. She speaks many different um, languages from Benin, actually, because you have a lot of languages um, just in that country, but also before colonization, my gosh. Wow. (laughs) Okay. All right. I didn't drink, but let's try that again. Actually, I won't try because I'll probably mess it up again. But you know what I'm talking about. Before things became countries, you know, there were um, empires and there were regions. And so the people in the tribe, you know, there are many different languages. And so my mom speaks a lot of languages. My mom actually knows like 13 languages. Nope seven and her mom knew 13 languages um but um she she, you know she spoke the language you know she had um family around and my dad's family around and anytime we got together you know that that kind of collectivist kind of ideology really saw in play where it was just like being around family was love and joy which really ingrained this idea of who i am and where i come from is joy and happiness which is actually kind of funny i never just kind of a funny thing. My name is Leticia and it means joy. And so I always like to think like, I have to keep a positive, happy personality because my name's joy, but also kind of ties back beautifully to my experience as a black person within my family. Um, the thing that's a little bit different though, is my mom is also coming from more than one culture because she spent a lot of time in France. So I had that as well. Um, as a teenager and in college, she had a lot of friends from different cultures, different backgrounds, different religions. So she raised us with that in mind. Um, and for example, even though it is not typically in our culture or in our religion, not to use your left hand to eat, for example, knowing that it offends different cultures, she taught that us, she taught that to us very early, um, just to being very mindful of different cultures. So I felt like I've always been receiving messages of positivity about my own cultures and other cultures, it was outside of the home where I received messages of actually there are tears and you're at the bottom. Um, so yeah, so once I immigrated to the United States, I already kind of had a little bit of the immigration immigrant 
feeling because I was, I guess, first generation in France. I was like, you were first gen France too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then getting here, first of all, I, I actually, you don't know this actually about me, but I had um, selective mutism as a kid. So I like didn't talk. So coming to the United States and having to learn English, <laughs> um, you know, none of us spoke, spoke the language. Um, and I actually picked it up pretty quickly. Of the um, seven languages your mom spoke, she did not know English too. That's funny. I, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I think both my parents knew a little bit of English, but not enough for what we, you know, we needed to be in education or whatever. So um, I think that kind of forced me to speak again. Um, but I was just very quiet. I didn't really talk to people. Uh, I just kind of tried to make myself invisible. And the times that I did try to fit in, um, it, you know, I got a lot of messages from other people, um, either people of other races letting me know that, oh, I'm not a typical black person or, oh, I'm not like a white person or, you know, just kind of letting me know that I was other. And then even within other people, like even African-Americans, because um, my cultural background is different than that of an African-American, just being other as well. The whole otherism is fascinating with how far we could be divided even amongst cultures. And that's something I also like to highlight here too, because I feel like people don't understand that a lot of the time. Cause I've spoke yeah. about it in other episodes too. Like I get othered by fellow first gen, but like, I don't know, because I'm in this weird position where I'm technically the immigrant, but I'm also yeah. technically like a first gen because yeah, yeah, my dad's yeah. an immigrant. So I, and I was raised in America. Like I don't remember my first seven months of my life. Right. So I was raised kind of first gen, but I'm technically the immigrant. But like even that alone is othering. And then you meet like other like Chinese people and they're like, oh, well, you don't speak Chinese. So you're just right. totally othered. So that way. And it's just like so many dynamics. And then I'm adopted too. So people think, oh, you're raised, you're just so whitewashed. I'm like, no, my dad's an immigrant too. Like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hong Kong's not that big. Let's be real. He probably grew up like a few blocks from where I was like just was. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's a good point. And definitely a good point about this idea of othering and how it can be hard for people to understand. I think if you haven't really experienced it, it's hard to understand. But then if you have experienced experienced it, you're like tied into your own experience and you might not understand someone else's experience yes. of being othered. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Like you can sympathize and totally understand the concept. Right. But like my otherism is totally different than your otherism because right. I didn't have a language barrier when it came to like going to school and all that. Like, yeah. because also my mom just grew up here. Like, although we're technically like a young family in America, as they say, because my mom, both my mom's grandparents, like on both all sides, were all the immigrants. Oh, okay. So we've been here since the 1900s, actually. Gotcha. Like no one preceded the 1900s. So we're here like less about a century now, which generation wise is not that much. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, I don't know. There's been immigration has not been a foreign thing in my <laughs> immigration. <laughs> <foreign>. <laughs> it's Beautiful. not been a foreign thing in my world or family. And also another thing I like to point out is how few people and little they how little how few people actually know things about immigration how little they do know mm -hmm. yeah oh that was said horribly no i got you i got you i followed you yeah 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 
Yeah, it is. You're saying it's shocking how there are few people that know about immigration. Those that know how little they know. Yeah. Gotcha. And it, it just blew my mind when I was watching the yeah. Try Guys do like immigration videos. Oh. I was like, <laughs> this is basic stuff I learned in civics. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. That's it's it is really interesting. I don't know why um, things that I know, like when I learned things in civics, when I learned things in social studies, I wasn't thinking I have to remember this so that I can pass my immigration test. I was just learning in school. Um, yeah. And I don't know if there is a difference in experiencing it firsthand, maybe by not exactly firsthand, but by there being a long line of the way that your parents talk to you because of their experiences and their parents' ex experiences and so on and so on, um, that makes it so it's like, oh yeah, I already know that I'm not paying attention. Um, I don't, I really don't know, but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely remember like, um, I actually didn't have to take the test. Um, yeah, because you were young enough. Yeah, because I was young enough. Um, but I remember like going over questions with like my mom, um and um yeah she, she like she had it she got this there were questions that i had forgotten that we definitely learned in school and i was like oh yeah i remember this oh yeah um we took the test in high school to prove like hey guys most americans don't know anything right. about america right. i failed by two questions i was like whoops <laughs> all right don't test me don't test me. Thank you, Adoption <laughs> Act of 1977, now updated 2001. But good looking at was yeah. it? Oh, yeah, uh huh. Okay, yeah, the Adoption Act, which basically said if you're adopted by American citizens, you're considered yes. born in America. So, technically, yeah. I could run for president. Heck yeah, I just know I the reason why I pause is when you said updated 2001. I processed that as 2021, and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> actually, there's another update going through right now. Because oh, the yeah? Adoption Act in 2001 was only for people that were only minors that had parents. Like, if you were already an adult, like, you didn't get a qualify, you had to reapply and everything. I but see. that's been causing so many issues that they're now just updating it to be like, all right, if you have American citizen parents, you're fine. Just update your own status real fast. Gotcha. Fast, quote, quote, it's the government. But Yeah, nothing's fast <laughs> in the government. Nothing's fast, yeah. But... No, it's also interesting, too, because I actually never shared this story on the podcast before. But so my friend Manuel, the one who episode two is dedicated to with the Merman, Merman Jacks. So yeah, okay. I met him. And also this goes to show how bad information shared across things. So he was here. He, well, I don't know. Is it full immigration if he didn't become a citizen? I don't really know. But he came here I mean, on I a green. So. Okay, cool. I guess so that's a he, debate, but. It is. It's all technicalities. I should, sorry, I shouldn't. I shouldn't intervene. Please continue. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, that's the point. It's a conversation. It's storytelling yes. conversation. I just mean I. I don't. I didn't mean to like interject with such a controversial opinion. <laughs> no, but that's. I asked. I asked Scandalous. first. So you did not interject. I asked. <laughs> but so he came here when he was three from Mexico, and he had permanent legal resident status for mm -hmm. his whole life. Me had no idea what that meant. And I was like, wait, are you on a green card? Because I'm so used to like the slang terms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And which we do you friends. know the green card is not even green? Oh, yeah, because I had one. Because I, I, the adoption. I was so confused. <laughs> I was like, this is the green card? I'm like, it's no, pink. no, no. The green card. <laughs> this uh, is green. Or at least it was pink around when we were going. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was still pink. 
But so me and him were friends for six years, constantly talking about this, like this permanent legal residence status. And I was like, it sounds like you have a green card. He was like, I don't have a green card. And I was like, no, it's pink though. And he's like, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, we had to Google this on like a whim. We were still finding, like, again, trying to figure this out six years later. We had to Google it. It's the same thing, everyone. Like, Get out. A permanent legal resident is a green card holder. I didn't know that because you have to renew your green card. You do. <laughs> and that was my other but confusion that makes, that too. Makes sense, he had to renew his every 10 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although he just jumped full citizenship in like 2012. No, not 2012. That's when we met. 2006, 17, 16-ish. Yeah. So he jumped like full because uh, he his 10 years was running out right as the election was happening. And he's like, I don't know what's happening in 2016 with the election. So I'm going to just go for it. But he also, like you said, grew up in the American school system because he's lived here since he was three. Fun fact, everyone. He swears he learned English through Power Rangers. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and no, so he just jumped the gun and he was like, I was like, are you nervous? Do you need to like run questions with people? And he's like, I learned all this in school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the lady didn't even give him all 10 questions. She stopped at the six questions because she's like, there's no point in asking you the rest because you already got your six and you did the past. Great, good, done. Yeah, gotcha. Wow. And I remember because he was so, he was nervous the day of and we were like texting and he's like, okay, about to go in. I'm like, all right. And then he texted me 10 minutes later. He's like, oh, I passed. I'm like, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely one of those things you build up, you build up. I mean, it, it is a big deal, but I think people also make it such a big deal as as far as what value you have as a person based on this thing how much value do you have as a person based on this one thing so it feels like such a big thing and then at the end of it that was like that was anticlimactic like <laughs> you know at least they try to make the ceremonies a little bit like up there oh my gosh the ceremonies <laughs> fun fest so i love because technically because the adoption act thing didn't come until 1977 and not 77, 1997. Uh, <laughs> and I was adopted in 94. My parents were mortified, scared that like something was going to happen. So they got me citizenship like immediately. So I was before the whole act happened. So I had technically have an immigration process and records, even though it went null and void later. Anyways, which causes other issues. But so because I had a ceremony and I didn't have to answer the questions or anything. <laughs> Like, I have a ceremony, I'm in the ceremony, but my dad had to hold me because I was, like, a year and a half old. Aww. And I'm, like, <laughs> cute, waving. Funny. Oh, my God. I want it's to adorable. <laughs> uh, if I could find them. Yeah. I mean, you're adorable now, so I just can't only imagine <laughs> tiny baby you. So Thanks. sweet. Yeah, but I, it was me waving the American flag, but everyone thought he just oh. became a, a citizen. Citizen. Because <laughs> they did, were, like, they just assumed it was him, not me. Funny, right. <laughs> Funny. When his ceremony was like 50 years, no, 50, 40 years before. No, wow. 30. He was 30 at that time. He was almost 40. Or I guess 20. Wow, time's weird. Anyways. <laughs> <laughs> I do know he came in 1969 because it was the That's year they landed right. on the moon. And I was oh. trying to figure out, did he get here before the moon? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Did you get here before the moon? He had no or idea what I meant. Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah. He sure he knows he's known you long enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he has, but it doesn't matter. He was like, why does that matter? I'm like, it does matter. <laughs> you could be here longer. You could be in America longer than we touched the moon. 
Yeah, that, yeah. Like, that's a fun fact. Yeah. And that is funny. Just you, you saying time is a weird thing. Like, yeah, I, I had terrible with dates, but if I can have something concrete to compare it to. Yeah. Yeah, it's all relative. It's all relative. Absolutely. Speaking of which, remind me to talk about how time's weird when we get to the musical section. Okay. Because, yeah. So, actually, we can, we can jump the gun and just head there. So, <laughs> circling back to high school, you were totally in the theater program. Yep. Uh, tell the world what you contributed there. Um, my presence? My fabulousness? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I started in theater, actually, in eighth grade. I just took a theater class, and I just thought it was really fun. Then in my freshman year, first play, I did backstage stuff. And I loved it. I loved the building. I liked the painting. I even liked the cleaning a little bit. But what kept happening is I kept getting stuck with work. <laughs> and there were more than one instances where someone had brought food for the whole team and no one told me. And I was just like cleaning. And I was like, I'm not freaking Cinderella. <laughs> what is this? <laughs> And I was like, F this. And so I did <laughs> acting. Go ahead. Okay, so <laughs> fun story. So at work, we're always eating and they're always bringing food for us at work. But because I'm always in my office, which is, I have a very small office, but I love it. It's four by, it's eight by six feet, right? But oh, it's wow, long okay. and skinny. And right outside my window is part of the building and it's brick. So when you look at the window, it looks like a brick wall. Oh. And so I, so it's a long skinny room and I call it the tower. And I always okay. like make Rapunzel references. <laughs> so the fact that you're missing food and you're like, I'm not freaking Cinderella. I'm yeah. always saying I'm Rapunzel trapped in the tower, missing For the real. food. <laughs> For real. You should like, just like throw your hair out the door and be like, you just pull here if there's food. <laughs> <laughs> they like, know. Like, like, a, like one of those lunch bells, but instead of like it being rope, it's hair. <laughs> oh, what am I going to go to Sally's and buy one of those like braids on a ring? Yes, that's exactly what you're going to do. <laughs> Listen, this is an important project. It's for the children. <laughs> you need to be fed so you can help the children. So, circling back to theater. <laughs> oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> we started. Right, back, back to theater. So, we'll how get to so our jobs what did later. I do? I know, right? <laughs> um, <laughs> so after that I did um I did like acting um my second semester and my first semester of my sophomore year. Um but here's the deal one I can't act, can't sing all that well. Um but I can smile when I'm on stage. So I was like just a really good um ensemble member, you know? Just someone who's like a presence on the stage. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. You don't got to worry about the words coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I can just act movement and like give texture to the tableau created on stage. I got you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, that was me too. <laughs> were you there for the rules of comedy or were you on the band yes. trip? No, I was there, but I was, um, so, okay. So after I did acting, I went back to backstage. I did backstage for a while. Then I was um, like, stage manager on like mm -hmm. one of the sides and then I leveled up to stage manager and then I did lighting and um sound tech so yeah. for sounds no, for rules of comedy I was doing sound 
So the listeners will know if you've been listening for a while, but I want to ask you if you noticed. So I, you know, I was in the rules of comedy, casted in the ensemble. Everyone thought I was insulted because I was like the only 12th grader in the ensemble. And I was like, no, I don't have to memorize lines. This is great. <laughs> I know I got enough stuff to memorize and worry about. I got all enough to do. Like, give me blocking. Great. I'll, I'll add, like you said, texture to the background. Yeah. Well, apparently I couldn't do that well because after the play, I went and saw Tyler because, you know, Tyler came and saw a couple nights and I was talking to Tyler and Morgan and Tyler from episode four, everyone, if you think back. So we were dating at the time. So I was like, Tyler, how'd I do? And he's like, Danny, don't you remember how bored you were? <laughs> you looked bored. You acted <laughs> bored. I was like, why would you say that? And then his friend was like, Danny, you had a whole conversation with us on stage. Because they sat in the front row. <laughs> and I was That's like, amazing. no, I didn't. And they were like, Danny, how do you know what we had for dinner? I was like, oh, my God, you're right. <laughs> That is amazing. I because, don't remember that. Yeah, well, probably because I was at the like in the blocking. You know how like yeah, the yeah, Hamlet yeah. stuff was happening. We were all in that arc. Yeah, I was the most stage right of the arc, uh -huh. and they just happened to sit there because I told them I'll be on stage right most time. And so apparently, like, I need to chat with you. Basically, instead of you know interacting with the scene, like doing the That's background amazing. stuff, That's gasping funny. when we're supposed. To, oh, I remember we we're supposed to gasp with something, and I just eye rolled. That's so funny. But listen, it totally works because that play is totally about breaking the fourth wall. Mm. That, like, listen, you added that texture. Yes. <laughs> I was not invited into the thespian society for that. And I oh, understood no. why. <laughs> the thespian. It's so good because it sounds like lesbian and it's just wonderful. Mm -hmm. Tyler was invited after Hairspray. What? What? I know. Were? I was shocked. I was like, Tyler got in? Not that I was insulted that I wasn't invited. I was just shocked Tyler got in. Mm. <laughs> like, Sounds Carrie like Fretwell, if you're listening, <laughs> we're still big fans. You and I talk and like each other stuff on Facebook still to this day. We were like, you know, we're all good. <laughs> I understood why. <laughs> Ten minute play versus Tyler did a whole musical. I get it. Fine. Oh, yeah. Did you do you the did... plays what, like, during band season? Yes, yeah. During band season, I was still doing stage crew and all of that. Oh, my headphones are about to die. Sorry, give me one second. <laughs> okay, no worries. While you figure that out, I'll explain to the world why I asked that. So I was in the play. Uh, I was in a musical. I was in, I was in Thoroughly Modern Millie for like a teeny tiny bit. Oh, Thoroughly Modern Millie. And, but oh, I was like, look, I can't do both schedules because the musical was during band season. I was like, I can't do both. Because we had to be at band practice. And I was like, look, I'm not staying extra. Like, I thought it'd be fun. Miss Fretwell understood. <laughs> She's like, Danny, I totally get it. Um, band is a commitment. And yeah, although I fully believe you would have been able to handle ensemble easy, which, yeah, I would have. Um, movement ability-wise in an ensemble, we should say. Acting-wise, I think we learned later. But... <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so no, we ended on great terms. I was in theater classes the next two years after that. Like we were all good, but I just, I don't understand how you were able to do both. Yeah. Well, I was not acting at the time. So when I was doing um, band and theater, I was doing all the like stage management stuff. Um, I'm trying to remember what shows... Um, happened during band season, but I feel like it was something like um, Dearly Departed. Um, and I can't remember what the other one was, but I will say I don't know that I knew the plays as much because as 
the stage person, there were a lot of times, first of all, we usually were, got called later in the show. So I would come earlier because I helped build, but as far as like moving and moving things like that happened later, right? There was like a whole chunk of time where everybody was learning the play before we got to that. So what I used to do is I would go with the audience and I would watch because for me, <laughs> understanding the play helped me understand what I'm doing backstage as a stage manager or whatever. Um, yeah, so I think that's kind of how I got away with it. Wow, learn your track. <laughs> I think that's what it's called when you have to like, when you're in a production and you have to know what you're doing specifically. Oh, I don't know. Maybe I actually don't know the lingo. I still yeah. do. I still do like um, lights now. Like I still do lights for dance shows. And um, oh! every time, yeah, every time I like meet the person who's actually like the light tech, I'm like, Hey, I um, don't know the words. I don't know the lingo. Um, and I know how to run the board. Um, but I want to be honest and upfront with you right now that I, I we're not we're not speaking the same language. <laughs> I, took one, I took actually one um, lighting class at Woman Mary so that I know more than I did when I was just doing it um, in high school. But yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, so you do dance competitions, so <laughs> we could talk about that too. <laughs> we'll just go into that now. Okay, so is it like Dance Moms from your perspective? No, because I'm only ever there for the day of the mm -hmm. show. I'm never, and, and it's one um, dance company in particular who, um, because I learned how to do lights and sound when um, like performance schools and dance schools around the area needed to use our theater to perform, um, they would ask like, oh, we'll use one of your tech people, we'll pay them. So that's so that's how I got in contact with with this wonderful person and their wonderful company. So every year, though, even after I um, graduated, they kept my contact information. Would call me back. So I was only there for their shows, and thankfully, most of um, the parents were not allowed <laughs> in the audience. So I didn't have to deal with parents at all. But um, let's just say that there are times though when you go in the lobby and you just feel the energy, and you're like, I don't want to know what's going on. <laughs> You're and just... that's where we differ, because I did. <laughs> <laughs> and still do to this day. Because, like, uh, I don't know if you've ever been to Winter Guard competitions, but it's run mm -hmm. based on dance competitions, except we're in a gym. Like, the flow of the competitions, like... Oh, okay, okay, okay. You're waiting in the wings, you're waiting for the person to come on, judging's very similar, like, the... it was based on how dance competitions work, except we're in a gym, not on the stage, so we don't have, like, lights. We do have a sound person, but that's different. <laughs> Actually, not necessarily because you do both, but so I always see that stuff all the time. But usually the parents aren't as involved with guard as dance. So it's usually the coach is like freaking out. Ah, yes. Yeah. And so I will say I do I've I've done lighting for performances. I have not done them for um competitions. Um I did do um I did help out backstage for like a beauty pageant. <gasps> and, Wait, was it uh was it junior miss? I don't think so. It was in Richmond, but I can't remember what it okay. was. I will say though, um, that people were actually really nice and kind to each other. Like everyone had their own area and everybody kind of stuck to their own space, but people were like nice to each other. And my job was to there quietly and people would come ask me questions and be softly. And then I pull out my teacher vo voice and I'm like, numbers 20 to 40, line up. 
and then I'm like quiet and nice again. <laughs> that was basically <laughs> my job. <laughs> Oh, boo. Like, okay, sure. We do love You're like, like, oh, you missed all the drama? That's no fun. And I I'm mean, like, this was great. I got to like, see back. We do love women supporting each other and getting along. But I was like, was we do love women supporting and getting along with each other. Yeah. But <laughs> for a beauty pageant, like, that is not what I'm showing up for. That's funny. Yeah, no, it was, it was, I was worried about something like catty things or like people claiming things, but um, everybody really stuck to themselves. If someone needed something or had questions, um, you know, people were willing to help each other out. It was, it was cool. Oh, I can only imagine, but oof. so no, that's so cool that you're still active. And I always wonder if Blake's still active in it. Blake, Blake used to be active. We used to work for that same um, company that um, I I still work with. Okay, is Blake still active? Because Blake fell off the face of the earth <laughs> for me. Um, I don't know. I know that. Um, I know that. Um, I don't know. At some point, we were like, I was still going, um, and I think that. She just got really busy with like work and um yeah. We 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 also kind of like lost touch and lost contact, but um he was he he had a lot of like dreams and like he ended up finishing college and he went to he just had a lot of thoughts and ideas for what he wanted to do with um school and businesses. And I think he went and followed that and I'm like really proud and excited. But Yay. I don't details. Success stories we do love to hear. Yeah. Even if we don't have all the details. <laughs> so, all right. Here we got to hop back. Okay, focus brain again. Okay. So, oh, wait, no. Before we even move on, we have to talk about the theater timeline and how the law of relativity, basically, oh. in theater. Okay. okay. So, me and my sister. My sister's super into theater, too, right? Did yeah. you realize Les Mis and The Greatest Showman take place in the same year? No. Right. So, did you realize this? Uh, the King and I takes place during the Civil War, American Civil War. No. <laughs> Makes sense, but like, no. Did you know that? Okay, so I don't know if you follow musical. This is a very fun game of did you know? Just keep going. You're blowing my mind, and I'm loving it. Like King Henry the Eighth with the musical Six right now, like happening, mm -hmm. like King Henry the Eighth, the Six Wives, and all that. Did you know that was the same time samurais and ninjas were happening in Japan? I did not know that, but that also sounds like it makes sense to me. Yeah, I was looking at the numbers because I'm so like dichotomized, like on what I think of it. Because I'm like, okay, samurais, ninjas, great. I know that from Samurai Warriors and playing the video games, based on history. Not real history, but good enough for me. <laughs> That's not in the history. Like, great. I can identify with paintings and stuff. And then I was watching, like, the Tudors, and I was like, wait, isn't this the same year? The same 1600s? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, Japan was in isolation at the time. So just the law of relativity with time, like we were talking about earlier, full yeah. circle. Yeah. That's really interesting. Um, you just, you, it's so funny. So I, I think what I know about, like, Samurais and Ninjas is there was this show and it was like something like the greatest warriors or something like that. And it would take different warriors from different from the same time frame and pin them against each other. So you had like 
a ninja versus a samurai, for example. But they oh, gave it deadliest warrior. Them. Was that deadliest, deadliest warrior. warrior? I think yeah. yes. Freaking love that show. But I think that's so good. So good. <laughs> but I think that's where I like. And so, anyways, I haven't thought about that show in years, and you just brought me back, and I'm like, I need to go find that show. So I'm it actually I'm gonna on Netflix. It was on Netflix. <gasps> it was. It was. I don't know if it still is. All right, I'm gonna check. But while Letizia does all that, now is a good time to bring up geek therapy. So geek therapeutics wants you to feel like the superhero who defeated the villain in your favorite comic book. Imagine what it's like to be in an anime character's shoes. Feeling proud during the instant you raised your arms in victory after conquering a Dungeons and Dragons quest. And cherish the moment you hugged your teammates after winning the esports tournament. They want you to use geek culture and its artifacts such as video games, anime, fan fiction, comic books, pop culture, esports, and tabletop RPGs to unlock the best versions for, of yourself and others. Approved by literally almost so many official psychological boards such as the APA, NBCC, ACE. They're all, all their trainings are approved by them. Their certifications are checked out through them. And everything's cool. Check them out at geektherapeutics.com and use the special link in the description to, to subscribe to their awesome content and begin to learn how to mix the wonder of fun with bettering humanity. We love that. Yay. Yay. Oh, yeah. And Geek Therapeutics, it's super nice because also, even if you're not a therapist, you can get somewhat the same certification. You're just called a specialist. The requirements are exactly the same. Oh, and because we're currently filming July 13, 2021, this will come out way later, but it's summer right now for us. And a lot of teachers are getting in on it because they're using summer vacation time. Oh, okay. So they um, can help understand students and whatnot. That's awesome. I really do. I love that. Um, just real quick. This mean there's a play and I cannot think of what it's called. Um, but the play is basically this girl loses her, um, I think it's her younger sister. And they weren't that close. And her all she really knows is that her sister was really into Dungeons and Dragons. So she starts, so she finds like an old journal of her sisters, finds the Dungeon Masters, goes find them and learns about Dungeons and Dragons. And it, because she doesn't know what she wasn't interested in, but through it learns more about her sister and it helps her through her grieving process. And I like the, the play is just beautifully done and I just, that makes me think of, that. that's what came to mind when I was hearing you talk about this. I'm like, I love this idea of like taking something that people are so passionate about and using it to help them improve their mental health. Yeah. And like I said, the best part is it's approved by everything. Beautiful. So it counts as PDCEs, whatever your industry calls it. Gotcha. In fact, you're actually eligible too. I'm eligible. Yeah, because you are. Yeah, we're actually getting into that next question. So this is also <laughs> a good segue for that. So higher education wise, Letizia is like pursuing. I don't even know what kind of degree you're going to settle <laughs> at. But um, but you are trying to be a school psychologist. Yes. I they am. are literally mentioned as eligible to take this program. Perfect. But yeah, tell us all about that journey. Sure. Yeah. Um, so that's it's a little bit interesting. So I knew I wanted to do psychology since I was like in middle school. Um, 
Like to the point that when it was time for me to get my credit card and you can like, and I opened my bank account when I was like 14 or 15 and I got to choose what was on my card. I was like, I want APA. Oh yeah. I'm so cool. <laughs> because I was like, I want the American psychologicalist. No, the, the lady in the bank was like, really? People your age usually choose like cats, dogs. And I was like, no, I want APA. <laughs> I had no idea what it was to college. So yeah, we're very different. (laughs) No, I was like that. That's what I want. I just, I knew I wanted to do psychology. I was like, I can listen to people. I have no other skills. Like what am I going to do in my life if I'm not listening to people? (laughs) Um, So yeah, so I knew I wanted to do that for years. In undergrad, I studied psychology um, and sociology. Um, And then once I graduated, I always said I want to do clinical psychology um, and I did first rounds of application for grad school and I didn't get in. Um, and then I didn't apply for that next year. And then the next year I have a friend, I used to, um, I used to volunteer and do work at an after school and summer program in um, Richmond. And do you know, you know, Churchill? Ish the area. I know okay. it exists. Um, th- there was, um, a program there um, and it was really awesome and it like helped kids and it gave them just a safe place to be after school and during the summer because there was just a lot of like violence and gang activity in that area so just give them like a really nice safe space so I used to volunteer and then um, I worked as a lead teacher during the summer and one of my co-workers there while we were working together was going to JMU and I didn't know what he was going for or I think like right at the end of me working he, he started he went to, to JMU um, and um, what I didn't know is he was getting his degree in school psychology. So after um, the year that I applied to go into school psychology, he like was like, I think you should do school psychology, be really good at it. And, you know, we kind of sit down and had a conversation and he was just like, just like saying like, I was just perfect for it because it worked for me. And he really recommended the JMU program. At that time, I was also in counseling and my counselor was a school psychologist. Um, and I, and she was like, yeah, you can be a school psychologist and do counseling, which was one of part of my worry. I was like, I don't want to be in the schools, hate the schools. Schools have been a horrible experience for me. Their politics, the, the just every, like, just school was not, school was where my trauma was, you know, <laughs> like school, like I needed an adult that like actually cared and somebody as a person. And I didn't have that. Um, you which know, is why I went in the schools. Foreshadowing, exactly. Foreshadowing. <laughs> um you know, I don't want to be in the schools, you know, schools are so horrible. Um, But after I got out of undergrad, um, I was a substitute teacher in an alternative school, which I loved. And I worked only with high schoolers, um, and many of which who needed mental health services, but either didn't have a car to go get it or not didn't have the health insurance, whatever. A lot of them didn't have the means to go get some of the help that they might need it. And mind you, an alternative school is basically um, the school that you were in, your quote unquote homeschool decided, uh, we don't know what to do with you, so go to this alternative school, which first of all is a really bad label to put on someone. Um, so that in itself is like a whole thing that someone needs to process, but. Were you yeah. public day or private day? Public, public okay. day. I didn't, I, I wasn't like a TDT, like I just, I literally was just a substitute teacher during the day. And um, yeah, I loved it. It was a smaller school. So I literally learned all of the students' names in the whole school because I would be in different um, 
in different uh, classrooms. So I got to know them. So I did that for three and a half years. And there were a lot of times where I did long-term subs. So, you know, I got to know them more. Um, and I just, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think I understood more the value of being able to provide mental health services in school so that you're directly bringing services to the students rather than trying to have them come to you. It's so much easier to deliver right when they're at their most emotional usually because, oh, when they're, who wasn't emotional in school? Let's be real. For sure, yeah. But also like if you're experiencing something at home and something at home is traumatic or heavy or whatever and you cannot focus in school, your parent or assuming it's your parent that's causing the trauma and stress, are they really going to take you to counseling? True. You know, there's like so many, like there's a part of the population that I think might have otherwise gotten missed um, if services weren't available in school. Um, so anyways, just the timing kind of worked out. I was in school. My therapist was a school counselor. This old coworker was like, you have to do this. So I applied um, and I got an interview with JMU. Funnily enough, Two weeks before my interview, I had my appendix removed. <laughs> oh. So I showed up to my interview with my dad, and he stayed with me, and he helped me walk. And <laughs> I was, like, walking slowly, and I, like, contacted them ahead of time to let them know. But, um, yeah, it was it was funny. Bless my dad because he like just sat in the hallway and waited for me. Like, and it was like a full day interview thing. Wow. Yeah, and he just he waited so that he could take care of me and help me out. And um, anyways, I got in <clears throat> and I started taking classes. You know, the, the classes obviously are supposed to. Yeah. And um, this is kind of like a secret, but I still didn't know what I was applying for. Like, I didn't understand what I. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't understand what the program was. Most of the people in my class, I mean, I mean, I did my research, but what I was seeing on paper didn't make sense to me in practice. Um, so it's really confusing when you read confusing. what your job description is. It's it is. so confusing to me. <laughs> it is. And so we're taking the, the roles and functions class, which is kind of the first class. And I'm like, okay, okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it's like this process of like, I think I get it. This is what I read. Yeah, this is what it sounds like. Or here's a bunch of details, but what's the big picture? And then all of a sudden I'll collect and I'm like, oh, this is what we do. That's exactly how it happened to me. I had a process of eliminate what I do versus you do. And then <laughs> I got it. <laughs> it's like, wait, do I do that? No, no, you are not responsible for that. Oh, that's what they do. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, so... um. What, oh, well, well, why don't I tell you what a school psychologist does? Because now, now that I know what I do, I love to tell people. I'm like, okay, guys, here's what it is. So <laughs> um, a school psychologist, wow. We, we have a pretty cool job. Basically, like, one of our main jobs is doing assessments for kids to determine eligibility for special education. Um, so we learn the psychometrics. Wow, what a big word. We learn how to give tests. <laughs> <laughs> so for everyone real fast, before we started the interview, uh, Letizia and I were talking beforehand and we were both talking. Letizia mentioned that, oh no, I'm going to sound like a therapist in this. And I was like, no, 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 it happens. It happens to me. I've done that like, oh, look at me using psychodynamic words. <laughs> like literally just word vomits out. I'm like, oh, yeah. that was like textbook. So for sure. It's so yeah, happy and, to see someone else doing it too. Yeah, I definitely like, I have like, like book brain 
<laughs> and like I, I I'm giving like a, a professional paper brain and then I have like how I need to operate as a human in the world <laughs> and sometimes they just clash <laughs> it really is it's just like it just slips out yeah 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 but but basically what that means is I understand the statistics behind the way that um a test is made and the way that we score it um and the way that that relates to what we consider the number that best describes your intelligence. Um, and it is believed that intelligence is something that kind of stays the same throughout your life. Um, but one of the things that we are trained as school psychologists is to understand your environmental factors and other things that might affect your ability to perform on those tests. So yes, we give tests and we all have to know the numbers, but we, are all, we do a lot of, um, observing people <clears throat> and understanding and looking at the person as a whole child, like the child as a whole person to be able to make the recommendations. Um, but beyond that, we also, um, we uh, give, do consultations with teachers so that we can help, you know, if there's a student who's not on our caseload, we can still provide assistance by working with teachers. We can do interventions that are either classroom-wide or school-wide. Um, we also have um, some bigger, um, like over overarching kind of roles. So for example, I can do an intervention that's school-wide presented to the school board and that intervention can then happen for the full district. We also have school psychologists that um, do a lot of lobbying for legislations that to support the students. Um, we work with community members and, and um, parents as well. Basically our job is Hey kid, how can we help you be successful in school? When I'm meeting a school, a student, and I'm I'm like, hey, I'm a school psychologist, and here's what I do. I usually tell them my job is to understand how you learn and to help you be successful in learning. And it's such a puzzle some days. It is. <laughs> it is because there's a lot of parts to it, right? There's definitely like the like Maslow's hierarchy: are your basic needs being met? Do are you getting food? Are you properly clothed? are your basic needs being met for you to actually have the mental capacity to learn, right? Or is your mind focused on, oh my God, my parents are getting a divorce and that's all I can focus on. Or, oh my God, like, you know, I didn't have food last night. I'm tired. I'm hungry. Right. We have to make sure that some of those basic needs and some of the stressors, going back to mental health, some of those things are taken care of so that you can actually access whatever parts of your brain you have access to. Yep, we face that every day. At my, I can't speak too much about my stuff, but I can say oversensory simulation is by far such an overlooked thing. Yeah, yeah. It's funny, even like for you, like if you have a day where you spent like, there are days where like I'll be like watching TV and like a show or a movie will come on and there's just a lot going on on the TV. Like maybe there's a lot of lights, a lot of sound and you just get like sensory overload. Like we've experienced that, you know, on just like a random day. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's so like, it really, it just comes in like such a unique way for every person. And Absolutely. that's what I think part of your job is to like figure that out. Also, I will say Absolutely. school psychologists have the best write-ups. Oh yeah. 
Like you were, we spent a lot of time on those write-ups. <laughs> I love reading every single one of them. Like, you know what? Thank you. Because part of my, like in our training, we talk so much about how we spend so much time on these and no one ever reads them and everybody skips out to the summary. So how can we give a summary that gives the information that we need, but also encourages people to actually go back and read the information for context because context of the information matters. <laughs> exactly. That's why I, I don't, I, the summary is like my least favorite part. Like I love the whole section about just the, Oh, I love reading everything through and through exactly because yeah. like I read with a highlighter, I make copies. So I don't like highlight the master copy and I have it yeah. in my records. So I'm like that detail that detail Beautiful. and like you, you get the most specific detail sometimes like yes. their maternal grandparent one time yes like, fell off their bike on this road and it's like right. okay cool right absolutely and we, we really try to do like a deep background like and we try to touch on so many things because that maternal grandmother falling off her bike on that road one time led to a fear in the grandmother that made her keep away from it for so long and then the the mom grew a sense of dread about that certain street because she saw this thing happen and now you have like a parent with agoraphobia which is leading to you know like the, <laughs> there are details that we will in include for a reason right because we just made up the scenario and did you see how detailed you got yeah listen this is my just what i do <laughs> yes yeah because it really it really i mean it really matters i mean there are times where I'm like, how much like background information do I really need to have? Well, if your parent has dyslexia and the grandparent had dyslexia and their parent had dyslexia and you're showing signs of dyslexia and we know that there's a genetic component, we better do some assessments that look at dyslexia. Otherwise we're missing a big piece. Yes. Oh, this is why I love reading the write-ups. <laughs> I'm so thankful that you love reading the write-ups. You know, that gives me like so much joy because there are days where I'm like, oh my God, I'm spending so many details. I really want to do right by this kid. When I'm writing that write-up, I'm like, I, I, I need to feel like the child is standing in front of me based off of what I've written. Because a lot of the measurements is like, okay, are they like, do they have strength in visuals? How about their memory? How about um, their more word part okay that stuff is really information but i gotta put it in context that kid is not just their numbers and they're not just their strength yeah i have no idea what the number sections means but i'm like oh okay look at that test oh that number does look low compared to this column's average mean yeah Pretty, okay cool 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 oh here's the context right uh, <laughs> yes. so right so the context matters because two students with the exact same scores can have completely different outcomes based on the context one person can have a learning disability and one person can have environmental stressors causing them to not be able to access the curriculum. The best phrase I ever heard was, if you've met one person with a yes. disability, you've only met one person with a disability. Absolutely. Okay, cool. So I didn't know if that was mainstream or not. I only heard one person tell me that. So if you knew that, great. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I've, I've heard it for, if you've met one person with autism, you've only met one person with autism. If you've met one person with, um, you know, bipolar disorder, you've met one person with bipolar disorder. That's actually another part of our job is we understand the psychopathology and um, the like DSM criteria of like the things that you would need to clinically diagnose. Um, oh, do you actually diagnose too? That is a really big debate in our field, and I actually won't answer that. We are qualified to 
diagnose. However, within the school, um, there's a question about legally whether we should or not diagnose. And I will explain that to the viewers so you don't have to. Beautiful. Please do. Schools do not want to be liable <laughs> is really what it is. So I, the way I liken it to is like for me as a school counselor, sure, I know the psychoanalytic like training. I have all the background stuff, but I can't go too in depth with anything because, and I can't mention that like someone needs to go get something because then the school's liable to pay. They're liable for right. all of it. So it's kind of like a school nurse. A school nurse is a nurse that can do all the medical practice stuff. Yes. But, you know how shocked I was to find that out? <laughs> I was like, well, how come all you guys do is hand out ice? Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Ah, uh, cute. <laughs> yeah, but like they're qualified, but schools are in such a predicament. They cannot be liable. They want to be, and we don't have the funding to be liable, honestly. Yeah. So, and, and by the way, sorry, just real quick. Uh, our nurses are wonderful, and they do way more than just give out ice. I, I do want to say <laughs> that because I think as a student, I felt like, oh, anything I have, they give ice or whatever. But actually, especially during the pandemic, um, especially during the last year, I just so much praise and so much um, respect for all of the things that the nurses do, the way that they guide, uh, you know, the teachers and the whole school. Like, so much advocacy. Do. Yes. They are such big advocates. Yes. Like, cause I didn't know either until I was like in the schools, like substituting, I was kind of like noticing the nurse was doing all this stuff, like just pulling this teacher aside, like, hey, kind of like what you do, how you have to explain, like, the best pedagogy and like methodology to like go about helping the student out. They yeah. literally have to yank you aside. And then I was like, oh, it's the same thing I'm doing, yanking that same teacher aside. Like, look, this is what's happening. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And um, knowing that they are licensed um, medical nurses, professionals. But, yes. And medical professionals is actually something that I really appreciate and enjoy because then I use them in when I'm thinking about my recommendations. Um, I had a case where there was a student with a medical condition and um, I felt like this student needed more training and understanding their medical condition to be able to take the steps necessary to take care of it because the student not taking care of their medical condition was impacting them in school. So one of my recommendations ended up being working with the nurse to be able to learn more about th their body and the way that their body responds um, because guess what? Yeah, your health, your body, you, those things affect you as well in your academics. Do you know how often we pull the nurse in for IEP meetings? Oh, often? <laughs> so often. Because also, like, the nurse is a huge part of just, like, life, too. Like, if we, yes. like, either we, either one of us, we, like, anyone in the school, if they get a giant packet of a student's, like, history and it's full of medications. Right. I don't know medications. <laughs> Do you know medications? Because right. I run to the nurse immediately. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Yes. That's such a good point. Yeah. Looking at that file, looking at that background is so important. Understanding medicine as well. I mean, yeah, I can go and Google it. Uh, but when I rather listen to like an actual medical professional that actually knows what they're talking about. I could read the sheet real fast and tell me what's mixing. Yes. Absolutely. Exactly. You got to know about those interactions. Right. And then the other thing, too, is um, you find out that this person had um, this medical procedure or this medical condition when they were a baby, and you're trying to understand, okay, is this what I'm seeing this now? 
right? Is this affecting, does this person have ADHD or is this like, is this a side effect from something that happened back in the day? Hit up your nurse, find out. Or is it a side effect from this new med? Or the med new meds, yeah. <laughs> like so many factors go into helping students succeed. Yes. And absolutely. it is a team effort. It is a team effort. It's such a yes. team effort. It's such a team effort. Yes. Which is why I love that. Um, I love that part of my job is getting to work with the team. Like, I love that. I, I love getting to be someone who understands everybody else's jobs and gets to advocate for their jobs. Yes. Also, but, like, it makes also, but also being able to like shut up and like really listen and be like, hey, you know about this. Tell us more. And it's also here's the thing, too, that I find interesting, because I've encountered pro other professionals in our fields that are like very territorial, like this is my yeah. thing. And I'm like, look, that's great that you're this invested. But I'll be honest, I'd much rather have a team that will help me rather than be solely liable for like yeah, this I mean, person's life. It's. We're working with real people, developing yeah. people. And you I think, really, sorry, go ahead. Team effort, full support as much as possible. That's all. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I was just going to say, I think it's really important to be able to be really knowledgeable about a, a, a topic, but the, the key and the value of that team is that it's not just about that topic or just the diagnosis. It's about the student. It's about that actual person. Um, and while it's important to know all, all those things, you want to be able to make sure that you are looking at this child from any perspective, which is why we need the team. Anyways, I just, yeah. Fun fact, though. Um, all, all our all our coworkers, just a lot of praise and love to our teachers, okay? Yes. Teachers <laughs> are the front line. Yes. <laughs> They're just the front just, line, and they do, every, they do so much. But fun I just fact, so. again, just how wonderful our educators are. And yes, I had negative experiences in the education system, um, but we have many people who are doing their just best to just be exactly who our kids need. And I'm just really thankful mm -hmm. for that. This is why I keep telling Rachel Taylor she should become a school nurse. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. isn't she the NICU? Uh, currently, she's not... A bedside currently. Um, when her episode comes out, you can listen. Because <laughs> she's the episode okay. before you. But yeah, so but I've always I said to her like, traveling nurse as well, which I yeah, thought she so was doing travel nursing. But when the pandemic hit, travel nursing became a lot less of a thing, especially yeah. for NICU. So that's right. why she converted over to like some uh she could tell you in her episode. I don't want to say her job wrong. Okay. But it's still okay. in nursing. It's just not bedside. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. But I keep telling her because I know she'll, she's not the most vocal and like, I don't want to say aggressive, but she's not the most like vocal, but Rachel is so knowledgeable more, more and she would be an excellent advocate. Yeah. Which is why I'm like, you would do so good in schools. Plus the hours are great. Let's be real. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, I think, um, I think if you are in nursing, and you have children and you are used to having like 12 hours and graveyard shifts and all the crazy hours and holidays school nurse where you actually get to go home with your kids i mean that that was a factor in me choosing to do this as well was the hours and knowing that i want to start a family there's there's a lot of conveniences and and 
it's weird because I've seen people that are like professionals in the school building. And they're like, oh, I don't want to like embarrass my kids and be in the same building. But those are the same That's parents crazy. that the students are always like, oh, hey, I'm coming to drop off my lunch. <laughs> yes. Yes. Are you Just, kidding me? I was my mom used to be a substitute teacher. Mm-hmm. And I used to love when she would come to my school. I like, I wanted to like, I just wanted to hang out with her all day. I just love my mom. I'm like, are you kidding me? She came to school with me? Like, I'm sorry, I gotta learn this thing. <laughs> I gotta go hang out over here. I know I was just in history, but I gotta be in history all day. I just wanted to hang out with my mom all day. Which is why when I went to work as a substitute teacher and I was an alternative school, one of the reasons why I stayed is my mom teaches there. I'm like, oh. yeah. People so would be like, are. oh, is it weird working with your mom? I'm like, it's great. I get snacks. If I'm not feeling well, someone's there to take care of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, like people said the same thing too. Because when I went to grad school, I lived with my parents. And I tell people all the time, like, no, it was the best. Yes. I was like... I got free food. <laughs> like I am, I don't like cooking too much. I can do it, but I don't like doing it. So I was like, I get free food. <laughs> like I don't have like some random roommate that I have to worry about. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> but I don't know. Parents are a wonderful resource if you have a good relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. Because although we do have uh, loving families, we do know that not everyone does. Very true. Yep. And. We hope that you find the support system similar to ours. Absolutely. And sometimes your coworkers and your loved ones can be the family that you needed. And you should definitely like rely on that wherever you can. You know, your chosen family is as much your family as um, blood. And internet friendships are just as real as physical human friendships. Unless you're getting catfished. Yeah. Do at least (laughs) one video chat, people. Like with all these like apps, especially since the pandemic, like there's no reason to not video chat for a minute. Just to just make sure. Just, yeah. Just making sure. Or just like a selfie with a weird hand sign and a spoon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or like, have you noticed Tinder? Uh, you might not have noticed, but like Tinder has like this whole thing where you got, you could be verified as a person now. And it's like mimic this pose of like this random model doing something. Oh. So like they have to wrap your hand around your face and like cover one eye or something. Like interesting. I didn't And then you get like a blue verified check, kind of like Twitter and Instagram. Oh, I've never done any of the dating apps, so I didn't know that. Yeah. So I don't know, just super cool. The world's trying to be safer. We're all trying to do better things. Oh. And that's our advocacy piece of the day. (laughs) We went on. And we went hard. I could keep going. Listen. We could. Have y'all heard of Greta? Y'all know Greta Thunberg? <laughs> y'all know about the oceans? Can we talk about the environment? Can we talk about the trees? Freaking love trees. I made a whole counseling therapy packet around trees for a student, for them to take home. Trees are meditative, okay? You got, you, ah, just, anyways. <laughs> we can keep going. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about that tree packet, that does sound fascinating. It's so good. Look, I'll, I'll, I'll show it to you. Okay. Maybe I'll send it to you. <laughs> sure. I'll, I'll probably figure out someone that would like to use it. Student-wise. Yeah, it's definitely catered to a specific student, so you would have to cater it to you. But yeah. Yeah, I am not a tree nature person, but I do any like waterway, which I'm sure we can metaphors people metaphors. Oh yes. Oh my gosh. Oh, I did a whole unit to Kingdom Hearts. That's awesome. Okay, that I want to see. 
Oh yeah, I'll happily send it to you. Uh, oh, because yeah. if people, Kingdom Hearts is one giant mindfulness journey. Yeah. And you oh, cannot say I otherwise. Love... Because it's all about diving into your heart and fighting darkness and light. Oh. And accepting what is. Because oh. one cannot live without the other. Blah, blah, blah. Every single friendship metaphor in the whole franchise, like, go with it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yes. And Back the Keyblade. Like Keyblade is a manifestation of like a unique shape of yourself to combat the darkness within hearts and all that. Like there's so many metaphors. So many. Actually, so this will premiere way after I do it. But if you go and join Geek Therapeutics, I'm the course on Kingdom Hearts and Mindfulness. Oh, there you go. For us in real life, it films like September 4th, 2021. Okay, cool. So you can stop in that training and get CEs. Either Hoosers. So enough about my world. This is about your life. So speaking of nature, you're also super into nature these days. And in your most recent like naturey pics, your arms are ripped. Okay, pause. Hold on. I w- okay, so I think your audience already knows that you pre-send the questions. Um, mm-hmm. When I saw this one about the nature, I was like, how the heck does he know that I'm into nature? <laughs> your photos? Okay, so first of all, I, I also need to say this. Um, I am on Facebook and Snapchat, and that's it. I am not on social media. Um, I When I go on Facebook, I'm like that ghost person that you know they're they're watching your stuff, but they're not commenting. I just, I don't do social media. It's, it's a protective thing for me, for my mental health. I have a lot of social anxiety. It's, it's just, okay. Mm-hmm. When there are pictures posted, however, it's usually somebody else I'm hanging out with posted the picture and then tagging me. And I, if if I know what you're talking about, it's the one where I'm sitting on a cliff. And just like flexing. <laughs> that one was actually a few years ago. So if I flex now, I, I can't even tell which arm. It's not the same. There, there was a literal shift in the shadow of your arm and a bulge grew. There was <laughs> muscle people. Like I do guards still and like you can't see it really. Oh, I oh, oh, you can see it. Oh, you I have my guard muscles it. back. You can't see it. <laughs> yes. Both sides? Oh, yes. oh, oh I look see at me. It. <laughs> Listen, I, I will say um, my muscles, I've always had to find like muscles because of soccer. My muscles in my arms really got defined after color guard and they just kind of stayed that way. Um, the increase in mass that you are seeing in the picture, um, actually I have a really um, incredible routine. Um, it's a mix of depression, anxiety, a lot of weight gain, a touch of uh, panic attacks, you know, a, a dose of fibromyalgia and chronic pain, you know, just gaining weight, over the years since I've graduated. That's the weight, that's the impression, impressive big arm that you're actually seeing. <laughs> I don't know, because it really does like, cause you were full on flexing in that photo and it looked muscular. Well, thank you, thank you, yeah. I, I will say that um, when I do try to start working out again and I try to work out with my partner, um, it's usually like weights, like, like hand weights. Yeah, I five pounds, just. Nice. For me lately, because it's guard season or it's about to be guard season, people, um, I just take my wooden rifle and I just like do reps with it because that's such a workout. It kills your arms. Um. (laughs) That's funny. So I, I, I usually when I'm working out, I'm usually doing cardio um, and core, 
because um, I just I just need a lot of core strength. It helps with some of my health issues and stuff like that. Um, and so I really never worked out my arms before color guard, honestly. Um, but then when I work out with my partner, that's basically the only workouts that we do is arm workouts. <laughs> I will say too, when you first mentioned the guard, the first day, your arms are sore. Holy yeah. cow. That is universal. My <laughs> arms were dead the first like week of tryouts. Yeah. Like, by day three, it was okay. But like the first two days I was like, they're not sore, but they are just like lifeless. There yeah, was and no the thing energy. Is, while you are doing it, it's so fun. You don't realize how much energy you're spending. Mm -hmm. And it's like, because I know that I feel like the first day I was like, what is wrong with my, like, what did I do? <laughs> like, where, where is this coming from? And then I realized like, oh yeah, I was like, just like swinging a pole all day. <laughs> yeah. And also the whole guard muscle, everyone calls it. It's really your tricep. But what people don't realize is that your tricep is your guard muscle. So almost any guard person, no matter what body type you have, you have a defined tricep if you flex it like. Oh, you know what? That is, that is kind of the bigger part of my arm. Yes, because it's all the rotation we have to do. Yes, so much rotation. And it's all tricep. So I just like to tell everyone, I'm like, hey, everyone that does guard, <laughs> don't have body um, issues because of this. Because look, we all got a tricep. <laughs> and I do it and everyone's like oh and then they do it and they're like oh that's what that is <laughs> I was like yeah it's kind of hard to see unless you're like directly in a mirror but <laughs> and you have to know what it is because <laughs> I always thought it was just like sun angles but no we have oh, gotcha. we got the muscles and yeah. oh that's exciting Popeye. <laughs> I do love spinach though me too <laughs> spinach is so healthy God, I want spinach. I almost got spinach on my sandwich today, but I didn't have, I didn't feel like staying on the phone to order it more. And I was like, ugh, oh. I'll just go without spinach. <laughs> I know, right? Like, let's let's just limit human interactions to the best of our abilities and just bring me food. <laughs> I was also in a rush to get ready for the for the presentation. Oh, <laughs> so yeah. I was like, I don't have time to tell you to put on spinach. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then they had a call back and it was a whole thing. But so you're super into nature. And experiencing the world at large. Where yeah, what places just, have you oh go on? Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just gonna ask, what places have you been? Oh, okay. Um, I was gonna say when you say I'm super into nature, I would qualify that because hate bugs, no interest in bugs, therefore I actually don't spend a ton of time in nature. However, when I do go out in nature, I'm usually hiking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So um, where have I been? Just ever or specifically in nature? Uh, both. <laughs> um, God, I don't know. Um, well, like I said, I've been to France and I've been to Benin. Um, for nature, most, if not all of my hikes have been just around Virginia. Um, when I, so, okay, just background for me. Um, for school, I in undergrad, I was at Richard Bland for two years, which is a great school I would recommend. Um, and then I went to William & Mary for two years and then JMU. Um, so Richard Bland's in Petersburg and I didn't do as much outdoor stuff there, but William & Mary is in Williamsburg and they have this really pretty beach 
And my roommate at the time is super active, super outgoing, loves nature. So that's, I think, when I started finding my love for like hiking and we would go to the beach. And so those were like my ideal places to go. So um, mountains, a lot of it has been in Southwest Virginia because of Harrisonburg. And then I did my internship in Roanoke. Um, and yeah, so most of my hiking have been done in kind of the two sides of um, Virginia. And where I've been, I don't know. I've just kind of been. I haven't been, I, I feel like I haven't been that many places. I went to Utah once. Um, I've been to New York. <laughs> I've been to New Jersey. I've been to Baltimore. Jersey, Baltimore, Virginia. Virginia. France. Atlanta. I went to Louisiana. I went to New Orleans. Are you hearing yourself? I've been that many places. We're in 12 like names now at this rate. Yeah, that's right. I went to Canada, but I can't remember because I was so little. I was a little baby. Yeah. Yeah. So you've done that. You've also, you've lived in France. That's something most mm -hmm. people, at least stateside, are never going to experience. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I, I guess it doesn't seem like that many people compared to my family. <laughs> that is very true. Because <laughs> if you are a traveler, most likely your family is intense in traveling. Yeah. Especially at our age, because we're young, and we don't have, like, the funds to just constantly decide. Listen, hey, I need you to tell my body that I'm young, because my body does not believe me and acts like I'm 80, so. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I I usually don't have this the energy to go anywhere, and I just stay in my house, but. <laughs> no, fibromyalgia will do that. Yeah. Yeah. But, so... What place? Oh, so have you ever been to like Harper's Ferry? No, I don't okay. Think so. I know. I Is think I mentioned it last episode. It's at the corner of West Virginia, Virginia, and Maryland. Oh no, it's very nice. It's a big hike area. Apparently, the hikes aren't easy, but it's also a cute little town. And there's two. It's where the two rivers meet. Oh, okay. Lots of history there. It so was wait, actually two rivers: Potomac, Shenandoah, and, and Potomac. Shenandoah. And it was apparently one of the first places with a with a specific black college in America. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it went out of business or not it ran out of funding in 1955. But when I was visiting there, I think I mentioned this last episode I was there. Anyways, it's a great place for nature likers and hikers. Very cool. Also, That's it's cool. the only part of the Shenandoah Trail or some trail that mm -hmm. goes through a town. Oh, um, is it the Appalachian Trail? That's it. Yeah, very cool. I, I have done, um, this is not about this, but I've done um, Skyline Drive, which is Ooh. like getting the the reward of a hike without the actual walking. <laughs> I <laughs> drove past Skyline Drive and had a, I freaked out. Oh, because really? it was in the mountain. It was like, I was going uphill. And you know yeah. all those curves to get to yeah. it from like the Charlottesville area? I was yeah. freaking out because I didn't know I had to drive up a mountain or in the woods. Gotcha, gotcha. I was hitting the mass nothing. Mm, gotcha. So I thought yeah, I would just I be in the main my, my, my ideal choices of nature are trees and water, um, which I think is why I like hiking. But I, and I like mountains, but most of the time when I'm in the mountains, someone else is driving <laughs> because <laughs> of the going up hills and because of the curves. It's it's a lot. Surprise. And it was so scary going downhill. I was riding the brake the entire time. I was like, oh my God, yeah. oh my God. God. <laughs> the speed limit's yeah. 35, but if I go like if I let go of the brake, I'm gonna go 40 and fly off this curve. I know. <laughs> oh my god. I went to um Hot Springs, Virginia. With, oh 
with two friends and my other friend was driving and we're driving and it's in the mountains and you know, you're driving and it's like a cliff. Okay. What I didn't expect <laughs> and what I screamed out as a passenger, which I should not do much to the <laughs> stress of the driver was, Oh my God, you can see the side of the road. Look, that's the road we're about to be on. Here's a straight cliff down. <laughs> And I was like, this is terrifying. And we're all just going to be like, ah. <laughs> but I say that, but we have like roads and like awnings. This, we're not like on a dirt road, okay, in a van and having to go like five miles an hour because if you go too fast, you're off and you're flying and you're off. So if that's scary, I'm not ready to be um, driving on the side of a cliff on a dirt road because I've seen that and that stresses me out. No, I hate cars. Uh, <laughs> give me a train any day. I do love a good train. A train ride is very relaxing. Really? I've, I've been on train a few times, but honestly, most of the time, I'm just hyper-focused on all of the germs. Like who was sitting here before me? How, what's their issue? What's their story? <laughs> Everything has a story. Everything has a story. That's how the podcast came to be. Yay! So what places would you like to go to next? Where would I like to go? I really, I've just been feeling this call to go to like the British Columbia region um, and go to Vancouver. Um, what was before some of the more recent news came out um but now like even more so i think um th there's a connection to me I, I, and i think this is in part maybe because of my heritage from benin but there's there's a connection between humans and the earth and it's like the earth carries the echoes of all of the generations before us and I like to seek to go to places where there is more positive energy and more positive history. Um, but because there has been such negative history there and such wounding, but it's finally coming to light, it's like the energy and the space can begin to heal. And yeah, it's like the healing beginning. The healing beginning, yeah. And so I, you know, I want to, um, I don't know, maybe just go that and feel that energy also Acadia part looks beautiful but that's in Maine <laughs> yeah I think I think when I think of where I want to go it's it's usually like secluded places with beautiful sunsets or sunrise somewhere maybe I can be in the water or uh, going to the beach would be nice I haven't gone to the beach in a while I just with grad school I don't get breaks or vacations so I'm just like get me outside <laughs> but still away from people <laughs> ideally around water I literally planned a beach visit last night because I was like, I need to go to a beach. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go for like one day and it's yeah, like at the I end of like... August. So it's like forever away, but I'm ready. <laughs> oh yeah. Listen, good for you for planning it though, because then you have something to look forward to. <laughs> I definitely feel like the water is cleansing and healing. Like I just feel like there are times where I'm in a really rough spot and I can have, have like days of break. But if you get me one day near the water and I can just sit there and watch the waves coming and going, there's just something very therapeutic about it's like I'm just trying to allow it to take away all the negativity and stress and just renew me and 
There's something very, I feel like I sound like a hippie. Which I mean, is not fine. really. Here, I'll validate you for a second. They actually had studies about the ions and water, like literally taking away negative, like negative yeah. electron stuff. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. There's, but there's a lot of like study and research behind some of these things. Yes, but also just go experience it, and you'll understand. Yeah, and also if something feels good and it's therapeutic and healing for you, and you're not hurting anybody or those around you. Keyword. Um, keyword, right? Um, then I think that's I think that's a great thing. Yeah. Oh, so because I asked you about the wearers you would and have been, why do you think people should travel? Oh, I, yeah, everybody should travel definitely to experience something outside of themselves. We were talking earlier about this idea of others and how people um, might not understand the experience of being other if they haven't experienced it themselves. Um, it is important. I think to get to a place where you are other because then you appreciate yourself and quote unquote others more. I think there's so much to gain from the world. You know, we are one huge giant species and our experiences are so different and our backgrounds are so different. Um, but we owe it to ourselves to learn more about our people and our species because we're learning more about ourselves we're growing as individuals i think um i think it's very easy when you've only ever heard one narrative and only ever seen one thing to think that the entire world thinks like that and thinks like you and i think you have to leave and go away from that narrative and that one way of thinking and being um to understand that other people think differently and why they think differently um i'm someone who We'll get into religion just a little bit. I'm Catholic, uh, raised Catholic, and there was definitely a moment in time where I thought like, oh, I can't ask any questions about being Catholic because it's what I am. Um, and I'm really thankful that my mom um, didn't raise us that way. And in me trying to understand Catholicism, I learned more about other religions. Um, and I think it's important to learn more about different experiences and different viewpoints in order to better understand your own. That's interesting that you say that because I wouldn't have guessed Catholic uh, only because just like in my studies. Um, I'm sorry, pause. What? We were in Catholic. <laughs> oh my God, were we there together? We were in confirmation together. I literally, I don't, we I blocked it out so much. <laughs> But you're right. We were there together. You are totally right. Because you Your were the mom definitely like, gave me a ride and we went down Lynchburg and we both talked about how we're going to get You Lynch were in the car with in me. In the dark oh. in Lynchburg. Because here we are minorities driving in the dark in the middle of the woods and this is how we die. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So let me tell you a story about that later. Let me contextualize this first for everyone. I don't know why I forgot you were Catholic. And I don't know why I forgot we suffered together. Anyways. <laughs> No, because so, roll it back real fast before we get back into that. Uh, no, because we had very opposite experiences. So, like, so I grew up in New York, and everyone was either Catholic or Jewish. But everyone that you met fully acknowledged our God's the same God. We right. just believe that Jesus was the Messiah versus Jesus was just another prophet. Boom. Right. Great. Cool. Let's all go eat kosher food together. And, yes. <laughs> oh, my God. It was also interesting, too, because... I always questioned Catholicism because I was always like, 
if you listen to the actual words phonetically, because I know like religion a lot of time, like I've seen a lot of people, like Kelly Clarkson had a whole thing about this. Your mind just kind of goes blank and goes into a whole mode when you're like reciting prayer and it's like you're spaced out. But when you actually listen to the words of Catholicism, a lot of it's like begging for mercy. And I was like, wait, if I'm not sinning, why am I begging for mercy? So, because <laughs> like I didn't do anything wrong then. Any hooser. So that was the type of questioning I was always doing. <laughs> like, and I was just like, uh, but... Yeah. Either Hoosers. Which, uh, by the way, I think is healthy and great, and you should question. Yeah. <laughs> We've I think, seen many I think things come out. I think relationship with your religion when you have questioned rather than when you're fine, like blindly following. And that's the thing, too. You have to find the right people. There are plenty of priests that are very open to those questions. Yes! Oh, my God. Yes. Preach. <laughs> <laughs> no, so like my grandparents are super Catholic. They went to church. They went. They go to church like every day. They're best friends with the Monsignor, who used to yes. come over to the house. I used to ask them. Like, friends with, are you even Catholic if you're not hanging out with the Monsignor? <laughs> <laughs> so, it, but also they live in the middle of like the most or ultra orthodox Jew neighborhood, and they get along with all the neighbors, and they're all having a good time. They can't cook for each other because, like, all the different kosher stuff. But, like, gift cards they could do. Nice. <laughs> and, by the way, if you're going to eat, why not eat kosher? Or halal. Or halal, yes. Clean food. By the way, halal is amazing. I've never had, a, had, like, halal dish. Like, gavilta fish, I will say. Like, okay, I find it questionable, but I did eat it. And I didn't eat it, but I still found it questionable. Uh, <laughs> but there's plenty of Chinese food I feel the same way about. <laughs> like so many weird things in Chinese food, but that's a different story <laughs> topic, but no, just religion. It's very healthy to question. How did, Oh, because we were talking about Lynchburg stuff. Oh my God. Okay. So <laughs> I, so for where we were, our parish area. So I was down in Richmond the weekend that my sister who wants to rename nameless, uh, by the way. So anyway, so I had to take my sister to like her, um, confirmation retreat, as they call it. It's a weekend, like, at a camp. And they do, like, Jesus activities, and you just go with it, and it's like, whatever. So, Jesus activities, I love that. <laughs> so I had a ride with my mom, but so did my roommate from college. And at that, oh, it's Brad, everyone. Brad was an episode. So me and Brad are in the car <laughs> with my mom, driving with my sister to this, like, middle of nowhere. It was the same camp, right? Oh. So, and I got out of the car, and all of a sudden, because it's, like, dark when you get there, right? Yeah. Oh, is it Lynchburg? Isn't it by the Virginia? It's by the Virginia diner. It's like Waverly. It is, but I remember at one point we drove through and I saw the sign said Lynchburg and I said, oh, hell no. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, but, what just happened and where are they taking us? I was yeah. like, this is an actual confirmation. They, they lied to us. This was before Get Out, but I thought it was Get Out. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it, it had the weird vibes of it. So we were, I was there for my sister and I was like, all right, like, sorry, I have to do this, but here you go. Go have a weekend with these people. Like, and all of a sudden I get out of the car and all of a sudden from darkness, is that Danny? <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. And I like threw my sister's stuff because I was helping her get it from the trunk. And she was like trying to get out of the car, like still fighting with my parents. <laughs> so I was like grabbing her stuff because also I, I had a bet because I just got, to my parents house, so my stuff was under her back so I wanted my stuff gotcha. it was not chivalry people it was <laughs> still <laughs> is what I'm trying to say and all of a sudden I just heard it and that's when Brad realized that I was like famous 
in our little area of the woods. Because I was like, Brad, we're in the middle of the dark forest right now. Almost by his parents' house, by the way. Because he lives in Virginia Beach. So I was like, oh my god, we're almost at his parents, right? And I got recognized in the middle of the woods. running past Lynchburg. It might have been a sign that said Lynchburg, like, something miles away. Yeah, maybe. So, I just was like, oh, I totally forgot we were both there. We were. It was yeah. It was an ordeal. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. I'm, I'm wondering how you remember that trip for you. But for me, it was definitely a mixed. It was very interesting. I think it brought me closer to my faith with God, but further away from the Christian community. My mom's been having that debate with herself forever. Yeah. She's like, oh, she's like, at this point, I question if she even calls herself Catholic, other than just by like, we've just been, I hope, like, you know, she's like 61 in a couple of days or like a week. So I feel like she's just going to stick to Happy calling birthday, herself. Mama. Yeah. So she's just like having that whole, like, she believes in God and believes in the Catholic stuff, but not really in the institution of. <laughs> gotcha. Catholicism. But so it's just I, I just the the activities that they led us through I enjoyed. The adults that were there, I could understand and see their intention and I could feel support from them. From our peers, I felt nothing but judgment. And I, I think except for the people we roomed with. Do you remember our well they, I oh, think so they were like your friends, but that's how I got it to was Lindsay and friends. Joelle, right? Yes. Yeah. Except for those two and you, I felt judgment from every from all of our peers. And I See, felt like even ostracized, you know, more othered. Othering, yes. But I was also, <laughs> I'm glad you didn't feel judged by me, but I was definitely judging everyone. <laughs> like, I, it was not a trip for me that I would have went on willingly and all this stuff. Like, but I did. We survived. And the food wasn't the worst. I don't remember the food. I, I do. I was like, oh, breakfast isn't the worst. Okay. <laughs> I just remember we woke up and it was like in it, like a, they had tablecloths at this place. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> and we watched that movie. I don't remember anything. Oh, it was like the Pass It Forward movie. Pay It Forward. Pay It Forward? Okay. First of all, I had never seen that movie. I had never heard of it. I'm watching it. I'm like, this is a great story. And then the end. And I was pissed. I was like, what the heck? Why would you make us watch this? How dare you? I was like, my feelings. <laughs> because I'm not going to spoil it if you haven't seen it. But you get to the end and you're just like, wait, what was it all for? Like, it's just, it's so sad and heartbreaking. And um, what was it all for, by the way, is a question I have been asking myself more lately. So it's very telling of the world. It's a wonderful movie, a great movie. But I definitely like kind of sat there like just shaw dropped mouth open like oh my god what just happened what did i just watch yeah if you didn't know which i never saw the movie either but i knew the story ah, <laughs> so i was just like sitting here i was like why are they making us watch this of all things <laughs> yeah, yeah i really didn't either i'm like this is so sad i was like i was having a nice day <laughs> Whew, this is not a topic i thought <laughs> i would ever talk about on here but i'm glad it is because people got to see me like uh off my game i i actually i really do wonder I, and i know it's supposed to be about me but i want to know um i kind of try to quickly summarize my experience how what's yours uh well i didn't want to be there mm -hmm. <laughs> um questionable if i am truly like of the true like believing of the catholic world and faith now 
like, I think I definitely respect it more now mm -hmm. as I grew up because once I got like further away from just like the super judgment, because mm -hmm. oh, were you, you were in that class with me that day or, or was it just you, Lindsay? I think it was both of you that day where the lady came in, she started talking about gay marriage and how we had to condemn everyone. No, I was not there for that. Oh my God. It was so funny. Oh my God. <laughs> she came in there and she just was talking. It was like four of us in the room. And I remember me and Lindsay were just sitting there like, like, well, we can't condemn anyone, but we can't right. like condone it at the same time because that's God's job to condemn and judge. But we can't like go with it. Oh my God. That's the thing, right? We're literally taught that it's not our job to teach, to, to judge. And yet there's so much judgment. <laughs> And the thing is, you remember Sarah Brockwell, the lady who was in charge yes. of the whole program. Which, nicest lady ever. Yes, which I freaking love. Like, she is actually, like, oh, my God, like, the model. <laughs> she know? did not buy into any of that. She literally was, like, eye-rolling behind the lady speaking. <laughs> like, really? She was, I'm like... Not surprised. She, she was like, so over that topic. And, and now she works with a different parish, actually. And she teaches yoga. And I'm like, yes, of course you do. Like, I just. I could see that. She she is, you know what? The most, the two most pivotal and important moments that I got from that trip were the guided meditation that she led. And then when we got letters from our families. Do you remember I forgot that? We got the, I remember getting the letters. And I remember reading them and I was like, oh, this is cute and everything. But also, why did all of you try to get up in my business and not tell me this is what it was going to be like? And I remember just having that thought <laughs> process of just, I'm going to confront everything and everyone like the second I can. <laughs> Which is the way of life for me, just confront. <laughs> it's better to confront than just keep it all in and let it simmer and stir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is also how I felt too. I was like, eh, might as well just get out in the open. We'll fight about it for four seconds and then we'll be fine. <laughs> and a way to deal with it. I remember I had to write a letter for my sister. <laughs> how was that? Yeah, I had, well, my, my little brothers are twins and they did it. So I had to write a letter for both of them. Yeah. Uh, I remember I wrote hers and I was like, what? Did they do it at the same time as your sister? Yeah, they were in the same grade. In the same grade, right? Okay, that's yeah. what I thought. Oh, yeah, they probably all went together, too. I remember I wrote my sister's letter, and I was like, look, I know you don't want to be there either, but by the time <laughs> you read this letter, it's almost over. <laughs> Stay strong. <laughs> it's funny. It's it's so funny because, I, for me, like, my, like, not all of my family members necessarily made it about faith, but rather about what I mean to them in their lives. Oh, Okay, no, I didn't get that. <laughs> All my family was like, oh, I hope you're enlightened now. Can't wait to see you. Uh, and But like, I hope you like understand more now. And I'm like, oh. And I had so, like, okay, not like in a braggy way, but I had so many letters. And I was like reading through them. It was taking forever because I was like, who wrote this? I don't even know who wrote this. Oh, wait. So it was more than just your parents and your sister? I had almost all my, like, you know, my mom's 36 first cousins. Yeah. Like, I had, like, my first cousins, some of her cousins, and, like, people in Boston that are my third cousins writing stuff. And I'm like, what are all these people oh doing? Oh, my God. 
Wow. And everyone's like, oh, you're supposed to really feel happy. I was like, they can message me this on Facebook. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like I was not feeling the sentimental thing of the whole trip. I just really didn't want to be there. That is funny. But I'm glad you got good stuff out of it because <laughs> it was, ugh, it was not my happy time. <laughs> but to switch it back to you for the final question. Okay. In your dream success in your career, where would you like to end up? Um, I think I'm kind of between two places right now. Um, I think that there are times where I see myself like, it's actually funny, in both scenarios, I see myself doing school psychology part-time and either um, doing, like having my own practice and doing counseling um, and or um, doing maybe some lobbying work um, just because I have a lot of anger and frustration about the way things are. <laughs> and it feels like if I can feel like I'm actively doing something, I would like that. But also, do I really want to be talking to a bunch of randos about I don't know what? I don't know. I could see you doing both. And I don't see why you can't do all three. I could. I really, that, and that's why I said and or, because I could do all three but I don't know. I know that I really want to do um, counseling and just get to sit down and just really have more of that. There's def It's definitely a part of my job, um, but because of my job is so heavily dictated by caseload, there are times where I have less amount of opportunities to do the counseling and the one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and that's because all, all my other work is absolutely valuable, which is why I'm in this field. I know that that's what I'm drawn to. I also know that um, I really want to work with immigrant and refugee populations. Um, and so if I can do more of that work and that support um, in me conducting groups or me doing one-on-one -on -one outside of school, I think that's something that would fulfill me in a way that as a school psychologist, might I might not be afforded that same opportunity. It's life is all about these choices. Yeah. That's actually one of the lessons I made using high school musical three um, for like <laughs> the high schoolers. Like, cause I think we put so much pressure on the high schoolers to make a choice, oh but we goodness. never teach them how to make a choice. I think it was by the time I got to um, college, I realized not only do most of these people don't know what they want to do, but people graduate college and still don't know what they want to do. People yep. are in jobs and don't know what they want to do or want to be. And, and that's never a message I got when I was in high school. And I wish someone had said, um, just like you're saying, this is how you make a choice and that it's okay for you to make a different choice later. It very, very much the messages I was getting is you have to decide right here, right now. And for me, I knew what I wanted to do so long ago, but the people around me did not. <laughs> and that's the thing too. Like I knew I wanted to be a school counselor since I was like eight in fourth grade. So it was an easy path for me. Mm. Also because who's fighting me to get in this field? But that's a different story. <laughs> right, we definitely have a need. Oh yeah, all our listeners, if uh, you're not sure what to do with life, I recommend that you go to school for school counselor uh, or school psychology. We need people, <laughs> there's not enough people. Social workers. Yeah, social workers. Oh my God, yeah, social work. That's that's a path that I wish I had considered earlier on because, oh, yes. No. yes. Not at all. Not for me. Um, <laughs> Not for you. It's, it is hard. No, it is so work. hard. 
but oh my god they are like such important people and and they they affect change and affect people in many different areas that is true like, they do affect change yes wow now if because I did debate social work. Like when I was in grad school for counseling, like school counseling, I did not, I was not a fan of my program, but that's known. Where, where, uh, which university did you do your program at? Virginia Commonwealth University. Ah. The program's great, everyone. I just wasn't a huge fan of my cohort. Uh, <laughs> so throughout it, many a time I was like, all right, if I have to get out of this field, where am I heading next? And I was like, okay, I could, because I wouldn't mind doing adoption social work, mm -hmm. but how hard is it to get those jobs? Oh, I don't know, actually. Is it really I don't know either. But, like, I feel like social work in general is just, like, there's so few of them. There's so much for them to do. Which, by the I, way... Oh, go on. I was just going to say, I think it's interesting that you did your program um, at VCU because I have a friend who did their social work program um, at VCU. And I was like, okay, I've heard good things about the social work program. It's no wonder that you were kind of considering and looking at it while you were there. I mean, we also had classes in the same hallway. And mm -hmm. same professor sometimes, like, and sometimes we were in the same classes, but yeah, I don't know, like just social work. Like I, I know I can handle adoption work, but getting into the adoption field, I might have an edge being adopted, but I didn't want to take that chance when knowing where I could be in a school where I'm not doing home visits. Thank God. Uh, <laughs> I'm so thankful I don't have to do those. And just... I don't know. I ended up where I was supposed to. That's what they always say, too, when you go into these fields. You will end up where you fit the most. You ended up where you're supposed to be. That's that, yeah, That's definitely how I feel about the field that I'm in. Um, it's a field I knew the least about, and it's just a really good fit. Mm -hmm. Oh, I could totally see you rocking it. <laughs> you are a great like advocate, so. Thank you. Very vocal. I the same way about you. I think Thanks. it's awesome that that's what you're doing. And even when we started like kind of reaching out and talking more recently, I was like, yeah, I wish you kind of wish you were my guidance counselor, that you were my school counselor. Yeah. Also, like our counselors weren't bad at our high school, but our high school we definitely forced a focus on academic notoriety, not even success. Just that is a really good way to put it. We have, well, I have a friend who their school counselor told them, first of all, this person had better grades than I did. Mm -hmm. We had the same school counselor. They knew that I wanted to, I was interested in Will Mary. This friend was also interested in Will Mary. And they were told, um, we, you think, I think you should kind of think about something different because I don't really see you going there. Why would you say that? <laughs> this person better grades. Um, just, just a lot more, like just a bright person. And I was like, this person absolutely. And, and me, like I, I am an A student as in grad school, in grade school, I was a C student at best school. I just did not, I was not great in school. And one of the reasons why I ended up where I am is because I was able to do, do Richard Bland first and mm -hmm. I was able to get into secondary education first. And then once the second I took a psychology class, that was it. I was like, yep, this is how learning works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is how learning works. Yeah. But I will say um, we have a lot going for us when we apply to things. I will say that flat out. The fact that we're both non-white <laughs> and we are like 
basically, well, that's the thing. Am I an immigrant? Am I not? I consider myself kind of one, you know, but like we have all these like minority check boxes that we are very prime candidates for so many things. It's so funny that these characteristics that in so many parts of my life are used are negatives in the views of other people and are used to target me in a negative way. Um, yeah, and hurt me mm -hmm. that there's like this little sliver of life where it's actually like a plus. <laughs> exactly. Which is why I say weaponize minority ship. <laughs> because even though the world's gonna like kind of, let's be, the world's gonna shit on us. So might as well use it for all we can do. <sighs> The world does like to poo-poo <laughs> on uh, us wonderfully, but underrepresented groups. Although I will say, though, I think you and I do have an advantage that we both have um, ethnically, easily identifiable ethnic last names. Really? You think so? Because then it makes us less passing? Uh, no. So, like, when we're just, like, applying for things that people just see our names. Yeah. They know we're not white. Um, that is interesting that you say that that helps because I don't know that it does. Um, I think this field is one of the few fields where it's like we have a pre the predominant person who's a psychologist is a blonde white woman. Mm -hmm. um, and this is one of the few fields where it seems like it's like, okay, like we want a little bit more diversity. Um, but because my last name is Sakpanu, people sometimes think I'm Greek and that and that leads to people being very surprised when they see me in person I would never would have guessed Greek because of the KP next to each other um I I often get that oh I thought you were Greek and um my mom's maiden name is Alapini and so people often thought she was Italian that I could see and it's it's definitely a conversation I've had within my family. In France, the way that they do jobs, they often used to do pictures with the yeah, CVs with yeah yeah. So, but they did that. They got rid of it because many people were being discriminated against and not getting because of the picture. Yes, so we had the names alone. So one of the things that my mom and actually one of my uncles was accused of is. Um, misrepresenting themselves because they thought that they were Italian but then they saw them and it was a black person and they're like you misled us you're <laughs> you know you're you're not what I was expecting um, so I think it's interesting that that's what you're saying because actually I have a different experience where my name is Leticia which is has Latin root but that spelling is very French my last name is Sacbenu but um, that, which is, you know, from where I'm from, but people will see that and think it's Greek. Or I had someone think that it was Haitian. Um, and so it's like, oh, I went to the doctors once and the person looked at my partner and goes, who is white and goes, um, oh, where's your last name from? And I'm like, it's my last name. <laughs> Because they assumed they like they I, that was like the first time I really experienced that. Um, or when people hear my accent, they immediately write it off as, "Oh, you must be Jamaican." Because if you're black and you have an accent, you're Jamaican. And I'm like Jamaican. I've never even been to Jamaica. I never would have guessed Jamaican. <laughs> well, you know what? That's because um, you understand things in the world. 
and you haven't only yeah. lived one experience. But apparently for people who have only lived one experience, I sound Jamaican. <laughs> so when people meet me, they I'm just not what they expect based on my name. So they, oh. my name, they think one thing, then they see me and they assume another thing based on what they assume based on black people. And then I talk and then they're like, they're just really confused when they meet me. <laughs> Yeah, but no, that's also a good point. And that's why I also like having these conversations on here. Because I know you feel open enough to say it. Like, I know there are other shows that, like, if a host said it, like, people would be like, oh, it's their show. I don't want to ruin their show. No, you know me that <laughs> I'm just like, great, cool. I love hearing that. Because I've always been told, and it's actually worked in my favor, that I have a last name that's very identifiable with being Chinese. Or some Asian for most people. Because most people can't tell. Um, <laughs> part of the whole what you were saying <laughs> but like a lot of also the, a lot of the other Asian adoptees I know they have like really anglicized last names just because mm. they're adopted by white parents yeah so like compared to them I have a yes. huge advantage over them so this is so this is interesting so definitely I, I definitely wasn't disagreeing with you but just saying oh no 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 I get you what you're saying yeah but then what you're saying is um very interesting and I definitely see that I've definitely um met individuals who either their dad is white and they're mixed or they were adopted and therefore have a more white sounding last name and um, how, how that affects their, the other people's perceptions of them. Um, so it's very interesting to hear you talking about specifically in the workplace because that's not something I had heard before. Yeah, just because, only because of the diversity check boxes. Like... <laughs> Oh, my resume just reads my entire life if you ever read it. <laughs> like, oh, I openly tell, I don't know if I said this here yet, but my dance minor has gotten me more jobs than my master's degree. Really? Why is that? Because everyone's fascinated by this dance minor and like, oh, what can that bring to us? Also, a lot of my jobs have been coaching, like guards. So they're like, oh, finally yeah. someone that can dance. Yes. But even like my counseling jobs, they were like, oh, you have like a physical aspect. Yeah. How like multi-moldile that we can like incorporate therapy potentially Absolutely, yeah which i have not done yet i've used a lot more of the geek therapy it's useful everyone go check it out but <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah there's art therapy you know that that we hear of more readily but there's definitely ways in which you can and should incorporate more physical aspects in therapy because there's a strong mind-body connection. I think that's awesome. Psychosomatic. Yes. Uh, there's this, um, there, there are these camps that take kids hiking through mountains as part of a therapeutic process. And part of me is like, that sounds amazing. I want to do that. I was like, that sounds so you. Was that? That sounds so you. It doesn't, it doesn't, because my part of me is like, I'm just going to be stressed a whole time about some one of these kids falling off the cliff. Like, that's just all I'm going to yeah. be thinking about. I'm just going to no longer be therapeutic because only my anxieties will be present. <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> like, fair. Very, very yeah. fair. Yeah. But, oh, we've had such a good conversation. I know. And everyone, if you have questions, comments, or just stuff, feel free to message uh, or comment at The Shape of a Star podcast on Instagram, Facebook. There's our website, theshapeofastarpodcast.com. We're on Twitter at the shape of a star pop, shape of a star podcast can fit. Um, it's the same photo. It's all under the link tree that is going around. And I would very much love to hear what you have to say. And if you have more questions and cool stuff, I'll message TT and get her back on. 
<laughs> yeah, because, I'd love to hear any questions people have. Yeah, I don't know. We just, I don't know, because we're in the same field. I haven't had someone, I've had a lot of people in psych on. Mm-hmm. I haven't had someone that's like educational psych too. Mm. So we really got to go in depth and that was exciting for me. <laughs> <laughs> but are you ready for the rapid fire question portion? Let's do it. Let's All right. do it. Oh, number one, which I think you should be great at. Okay. What are your chosen coping skills? Mm, I have good and bad ones. Denial. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) If I'm being honest, denial is a big one for me lately. Is that the good Um, or bad one? Definitely bad. (laughs) Avoidance, (laughs) that's another one. Bad. Um, Breathing, using breathing techniques, journaling, um, or even like doing video journal entries if I don't feel like um, writing them down. Um, And walking or or spending some time with trees or leaves or nature. So um, I have this phrase, um, so we know what the breeze is, we know what trees are, um, but there's this uh, word that's just in Japanese. It's kum, kum, uh, kur, when I go to say it, I say it wrong, but it's kumorebi, and it just means light filtering through the leaves. Yep. So I have this phrase that I just kind of think of when I need to be calm and be still, and it's just like the trees and the breeze and the kumorebi just be. And it's like they are there, there's no control over it, they're just these beautiful things, like you see the leaves flowing in the trees and you look at the light just filtering through and you can just look at it and just kind of focus on that. And that's something that really calms me. Holy cow. What a good like wall art phrase. (laughs) (laughs) Trees, bees, and a breeze. I keep thinking bees. So trees, (laughs) breeze, and yeah, that. (laughs) I would be able to say it proper if I could see people. It's not like, Letizia got it for us. All right, next question. Team Edward or Jacob? Oh my goodness. Uh, Here's the deal. Because it's Bella, Team Edward. If it was me, Team Jacob. (laughs) That's the thing that people forget. It's who the person is being with, okay? The whole (laughs) Jacob versus edward like the real question is is who i'm getting <laughs> and who i want <laughs> i don't know if i actually want a werewolf um but jacob yes um <laughs> i don't know that i have much more to add you know taylor lautner you know came through with that hot body you know what i'm saying and <laughs> i've seen shark boy and lava girl doesn't do it for me there as Jacob, I'm like, oh my God, hello, handsome. He's got this long, wavy hair. But Bella and Edward's relationship is toxic. Let's talk about this from a psychological point of view. All right, right? here People, we go. Here we go. We have an unhealthy <laughs> relationship starting from the beginning. Here's this guy stalking this woman, being drawn to her because he can't hear her thoughts. My guy, you got issues. Focusing all your attention on one person does not fix your issues. And we have Bella, new place. She's trying to get to know someone. She's like, oh, this guy is stalking me. Oh, I think he's dangerous, but I'm not going to protect myself. I'm sorry. He broke into your house and watched you while you're asleep. And to you that, you respond, oh, wow, he really cares about me. Okay, now we have questions. Let's go into toxicity. Let's talk into codependency, okay? We have a little masochism talk about, which they actually joke about. 
with the whole the lion and the lamb and the masochist and the sadist, which I learned those words from that movie, from the book, actually. Yeah, because it's not in the movie. <laughs> oh, isn't it? I thought I thought um, there's a line where where um, either Edward or Bella says in the in the forest, they said, and like that, this sadistic lion falls enough with the lamp. And then Bella's yeah, it is. Like, oh, it's Bella's narration. Yes. I watch Twilight like every few months, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it, like I, in the books, it was so much better in the books. The line, the whole like metaphor, just kept appearing. Better. It's so much better in the books. Um, I read the books through once, and I saw the movies once, so I actually don't remember that well. But I will say that um, I don't think that they had a healthy relationship. So we should not idealize that relationship as much as we do. Listen, it's a thought, it's opinion, and you have the right to disagree. And I support. I can you. fully agree that it's toxic, <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I love that romance. Not the toxicity part, but just like the whole like, all right, cool, let's overthrow or like an evil regime again. Yeah, that's pretty fun. I'm 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 all for that power couple. Yeah, aspect of it. All right, which direction should you cut your sandwich? I'm a diagonal kind of person. I don't know why something about diagonal changes the ratio of crust to soft bread for me. It does. It does. It does. It does. <laughs> um, so one day I decided to cut it diagonally and I never went back. So, Which direction should you fold your napkin? I don't understand. Like when, when you, you put it across your lap? No, well, some people do that. Some people just like fold it and put it on the table. Like when you're, oh, like if you've wiped your mouth and then you want to fold it and put it down? Sure, then too. Like, I don't understand the question. <laughs> like some people, like when you put a napkin down for so like a table setting. folding napkins casually. Oh, when you're folding it? Well, you do yeah. it with the seams, right? <laughs> if you're fancy enough to use the cloth, what? Is that what you're talking about? Like that's yeah. If you're using the cloth, like you, the seams stay on the inside. <laughs> but like, are you folding it in half, rectangular, diagonal? Like, are you making a little paper swan oh, or something? Oh, no, if you're using napkins, you gotta do a design, my guy. No, you gotta go all the way. If you're using cloth, you gotta get fancy with it. If it's a paper towel, the paper towel is just on the table. I'm not folding that. Just wiping my face. I don't care what that looks like. <laughs> um, what gift would you want to get from a fairy? From a fairy. What fairy? Or what? Okay, what are we talking? Are we talking Tinkerbell? Or are we talking about the fairies from Sleeping Beauty? Because they were a mess. And you don't uh, get to decide, and that's the whole to decide. point. From a fairy. It could be, it's just, it's just a crapshoot, honestly. This is honestly like the hardest question I've had all day. And I defended my thesis earlier, so. I'm <laughs> 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 really struggling on this one. Okay, let me think about this. Okay, what do I got? I got confidence. I got my looks. I got my humor. <laughs> To distract away from my social awkwardness. Oh, there we go. How about a relief of my anxiety? That's what I would want. Ooh, that could go a lot of ways. It really but... could go a lot of ways. Oh, and no, also, no, I don't no, know if I'd want. A, I don't know if I'd want to get from Tinkerbell either. She's also a mess. She is a mess, but at least like 
if I want her to stop, I just need to stop believing in her. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, like, smack her. No. <laughs> I, can, I can make her leg go out. I just don't need, I just need to not believe in her. Here I was thinking, you know, just like cat swat her. You're killing her. Um, no, I'm not killing her. I'm just not believing in her. Okay. Which kills her. Just no, she ceases to exist. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Left or right Twix? Um, I don't understand. Okay. I don't understand the difference. Somebody somewhere said that one has more caramel and one has more wafer. So I got them both. I took a bite from each of them. Tastes the same. Give me a Twix with two. That's all I care about. As long as I got two Twix, I'm good to go. What's a trend that went too far? Um, like most, mostly all of them. Planking, TikTok, um, <laughs> almost, almost all of them. My God, bucket hats over that. Why is everyone wearing bucket hats? Bucket hats are for cute little kids who are super pale and need to protect themselves from the sun. I don't <laughs> understand the bucket hat. The, the, the chunky sneakers, that works if you're super short and you're adorable, okay? If you're super short, I support you wearing it. If you're tall, not that you can't wear heels. If you're tall, wear heels. But the chunky sneakers, they're just ugly, especially the white ones. Yeezy, all things Kanye wear line, I don't understand. <laughs> like, what is this hobo chic look? I it, is hobo chic. it is hobo chic. It is hobo chic. I just don't understand most trends, I should say. You'd be surprised how many people say planking. Oh, really? Planking is like number one, along with TikTok. Planking but then you went to bucket hat. exercise. It should not be something you casually do on the side of a building where you could like casually hurt yourself. Like if you want to casually hurt yourself, go do the things that casually... Don't do planking. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing you would eliminate from life? I think greed. Oh, nice. Who would play you in a documentary or movie about your life? Lupita. Yeah. I thought, I've thought about this. <laughs> and actually, <laughs> the reason why I thought about this is because literally two of my family members told me um, that Lupita Nyong'o would be perfect. Um, we just have, we have similar complexions. I think like before her, I saw very few people that actually had my complexion and had short hair. Mm -hmm. And um, she's just such a good actress with such range. I think she could get like my weird, quirky, like I'm trying to hide how awkward I am by making jokes all the time. I think she could do that. I think she would be excellent as you, and she was my number one pick for you. It's because uh, you're racist. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's because of the hair. I'm kidding. It is because <laughs> of the hair, yes. You have the same the hair. hair. Actually, no, I wish I had her hair. She has, mwah. her hair is even better than mine. <laughs> oh what genre would the movie or documentary about your life be okay i've already had this discussion before my life is a comedy because i'm determined for it to be anytime a tragedy happens i'm like this is fine because soon enough i'll be laughing about it okay 
this year alone, there are many times where I'm like, damn it, my life is a comedy and I will not allow this. <laughs> my life is a comedy. It is because when something horrible happens and you cannot laugh about it, I have to tell myself, you know what, my life is a comedy and I'll laugh about this sooner or later. And if anything, I can I can laugh about the lack of creativity in the writers, okay? I mean, how many times are we going to go down the same storyline? Okay, we get it. Oh, my gosh, there's anxiety. Yeah, we get it. (laughs) You've made it clear. You know, we need some more. We need further character development. Okay, I don't know who the the writers of my life. They're just kind of running ideas. You know, they're recycling old ones. Like, let's make her sick. Okay, let's give her anxiety. Let's make her sick again. And it's just like, you know, the viewers were tired. This is supposed to be a comedy. (laughs) And they just got to freshen it up a bit. Have you seen Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No. You would love it. Really? It's a musical comedy about mental health, oh, but framed as a romantic right. comedy. That actually does sound right up my alley. <laughs> and it was a full, okay, so fun story, everyone. Another plug for Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. Um, it was pitched as a four-season show. Okay. And even though it had, like, the worst ratings in television history, it was critically acclaimed. Everyone loved it. And Mark Pedowitz, head of the CW, did, like, wanted that show to be made. Because of how important the message was, even though the ratings were horrendous. That's really cool. I did not know. So that. they got to create the full C, the full storyline. Sixty-two episodes. Each episode has at least two, except for one. One episode only has one song, but that song's long. So, but like two <laughs> to three songs, original for each episode, and it's all about just mental health and what is love. What is love, baby? I'll stop there. Copyright. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I. you should watch it. It's all on Netflix. Cool. Okay. I'll have to give it a try. Yeah. And then come back and talk. Uh, <laughs> Wait, have you seen The Good Place? I have. I've seen like the first season. I need you to watch The Good Place. And once you've, you're done watching The Good Place, we need to talk about the last episode. Oh, one day I'll get there. Okay. All right. I'll be waiting. Next is, if you stick to the status quo, which click would you be in? Uh, theater. Stick to the status quo. Yeah. Um, yeah, I gotta go theater. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not Sharpay, but I'm like maybe like, what's her name? Chloe? Kelsey. On the piano, Kelsey on the piano with her glasses and a little hat. <laughs> Me knowing this immediately. <laughs> Played I know, with Alicia Rusin. Even before I started describing it, yeah. Yeah. That's not a racist answer. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What clique should you have been in in high school? Oh, God. I was never in a... I don't know. I don't fit a clique. I definitely hung out with the people that didn't fit anywhere. And we made our own clique. Like, some of us were emo. Most of us were, like... Some of us were seen. Some of us were like the black kids that didn't fit anywhere else. Some of us were like socially awkward. I didn't talk to anyone. So yeah, I guess I'll sit with you guys. Like we were just a beautiful mix of anybody and anyone. They were all in marching band. <laughs> Actually, no, not like not the people I sat with at lunch and the people I hung out with. But actually, once I started doing marching band, yeah, they were all in marching bands. <laughs> all in marching band or theater. Yeah. Which was and a lot of the same you, mixed I people. You know this, but I um, played um, the baritone. So technically, 
I could be in band, except I'm bad at the baritone, which is why I was not in band. I played clarinet and piano. I think I knew about the, I think I knew about it because one of the days when we were on stage, you were playing the piano. That was Very the same bad. day. That was the same day that I was talking to someone and you came up to me and you handed me a honey, a hun, uh, Cinnabon or honey bun. You put honey bun. Like, hey. You're like, here, hold this. And I was like, okay. And I keep talking and you just took a bite of it. And you went, I'm Lady Gaga and you're my Beyonce. And I went, excuse me. <laughs> I do remember that. And I was like frustrated. I was like, you didn't ask my permission. I would be happily your Beyonce if you had just asked me. You can't just force that role upon me. That's, those are big shoes to fill. <laughs> yeah, there was a whole year of my life where I was just like eating honey buns. Are they good? Kind of. Do I still eat them? No. I don't know. <laughs> I spend my money elsewhere, but product placement, it works. Uh, <laughs> last I think question. It was, it was oh, right after that telephone song had came yeah, out. The video which is, it was a product placement in telephone. <laughs> it worked. All right. Last question is if your life was a jukebox musical, what would be the opening song? Oh, oh, I like this question. Mm, okay. I don't know if this is the opening song. But my mind is going. Do you know Kina Granis? No, but I'm. Uh, she's a singer-songwriter anyway. whose music's like mostly on YouTube, and she has this song called "Little Warrior," um, and it's like about like that person that's always worried, and it's just encouraging them to like let go of their worries. And it's really soft and sweet, um, and actually would be perfect as the opener because it's this really beautiful, sweet. It'd be beautiful to go from silence to that song and then like a rock opera for the rest of it. I think it would be just like <laughs> a really nice contrast and just really embodies who I am. I just, I see it. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that ends the rapid fire question portion. Ah, oh, we did it. We did it. Do you have anything yeah. else you want to say to the world? Um, Just be kind to each other and be kind to yourself. You know? No one, sh well, maybe not no one should, but the person who you should be kindest and most generous to is yourself, right? Self-love and self-compassion is just taking all the love and positive to give, you give to everyone else and just turning it to yourself. So that would be maybe anything I want to say. And to you, Danny, thank you. No problem. Thank you, you so much for wonderful. coming on. Absolutely. I love that you're doing this. I said this earlier, but I love that you are sharing your light with the world and put, putting positivity putting positivity out into the world. Why was I like Porky Pig there for a second? Um, it was Porky Pig. It was, yeah. I definitely believe that everyone has a light in them. We just got to let it shine. And if we let it shine, it, it can speak to other people's light. And then they let it shine. And every, everybody's shining. And the world's a little brighter. And you're just sharing your light with the public and you're doing a service to the world and I appreciate you and thank you. Thank you. Representation matters is another way to say that. That too. Yes. Yes. Get it. <laughs> All right. So world, if you have any questions, comments, reach out to me, I'll pass them along. I'll get answers. And if I get enough, I'll just drag you back on. <laughs> All right. All right. Deal. So, uh, so satellites out there, that's the fandom name. Catch us next orbit and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.